Welcome to another live episode of Paranormal Almanac with your host, Kurt Sandvik. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Savig, and this is another live edition of Paranormal Almanac, where Facebook decided to change the way it does Facebook Live, completely flipped everything around, fucked me up, made it weird, made it different, made the show opening just a little bit weirder, a little bit sadder, a little bit wronger, whatever you want to call it. But enjoy this very live, very awesome episode of Paranormal Almanac dedicated to listener Sean Wagner, whatever you want to call her. She's the best. It's a happy birthday episode. Fair warning, I'm going to um, drunkenly sing her a happy birthday song at the end of this episode. Apparently I promised her, so hey, if I promise you something drunken or uh, sober, I'm going to deliver. But anyhow, Enjoy this episode. There were a lot of great callers. I don't want to spoil who who called and what they called about, but it is a cornucopia of the paranormal. So enjoy this very live, very awesome episode of Paranormal Almanac. If you guys want to see what everybody's chatting about during the call, you're going to have to head on over to facebook.com slash paranormalalmanac. Click the live feed, watch it there. The chats are equally as good as the show if you like the show if you don't like the show the chats are even better than this show um the chats are where you want to be on these shows because these fans are awesome what they talk about on the chats are awesome it is you get more out of the show if you're checking out the chats as well uh shout out to all of you especially sean for her birthday uh no paranormal news i'm getting right into these live shows as always this one's long enough as is it's over two hours long for you guys thank you all stay safe stay inside stay home let's get through this together if you want to go over to patreon.com slash paranormal almanac if you want to support the show there please do if you want to go over to storeenvy.com slash paranormal almanac and buy some merch there you know merch there to support the show, that's where you go. Or you can go over to uh, etsy.com slash 8bitspock to buy the official Don't Fucking Shoot Bigfoot patch that a uh, listener, Lauren, has made that is now the official one. And the money goes to her, so if you don't like me, give it to Lauren, because she is awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy this live show. Welcome to Sarah and Kelly and Lauren. Hey, Lauren. And Sean and Todd and Jamie and Elijah and April and Joshua and Deb and Richard. Holy crap. And Joshua and Fran. Hey, Fran. And Lauren. Yo. And Marsha. Sup, indeed. Um, who else was here? Sean. Yeah. Yeah, it's apparently. I don't know why everything is being wonky all of a sudden. Leonora and EK. Um, I think I said hi to everybody. I hope I did. Let's see. Make sure I did. Um, Heather, hey, howdy, hi, Sean, um, Fran came in at a bad time, it's always a bad time around here, Jeff, thank you 
New Jersey sends a shout out. Well, shout out back to New Jersey. I'm just going to assume that everything's working right now. Um, Susan, hey, how you doing, Susan? Richard and... Oh, Stitch is good. I don't know where he is. He ran over there right... He doesn't like the new intro music. If you guys missed it, you'll have to listen to it uh, when we're... Um, when I actually, you know, post this online. But I did. I decided to do new intro music for every live one for as long as I have the time to do one. Um, but I did today. It was a little bit of a funkier, different live intro music. And this is terrible. Every time someone likes it, it blocks my chat. My shirt today, good question. So, so my shirt today is a completely inappropriate shirt for young children or, or people of all ages. This is, it's called Bananas and Blow. That's right. It is a Hawaiian shirt called Bananas and Blow. Um, as you can see, there's there's a little baggies of white, I'm assuming it's powdered sugar in these baggies. And then there's these bananas that are dancing inappropriately with ladies. And then a banana, um, you know, doing, where is it? Right there. Doing inappropriate things. So, yeah. Um, bananas and Blow it is. Dorian, hey, howdy, hi. Um, I figured, you know, I'd, I'd mix it up. I want to hear something crazy. There's a chance of snow on Tuesday? Seriously? Holy crap. Um, yeah, that is crazy. It's the end of the world. Speaking of the end of the world, ooh, nice going, Sarah. That's a nice little segue that I'm going to bounce off of what Sarah posted. She said, you want to hear something crazy? It's 95 degrees here, and we're going to have snow a chance of snow on Tuesday. So bouncing on that, um, bouncing off of that, I have, I'm going to talk about the end of the world today. Before I set up the phone lines, before I turn on the phone lines, because I don't think they're turned on yet. God, I hope not, because that is not part of the plan. I am going to talk to you guys about the end of the world. Let's take a look at the darkest timeline. But before I do that, let me get this to actually work right, because boy, howdy, hi, did they change everything, and it is terrible. Okay. There we go. Yeah, they told us to stay away from drugs, but now we're all on house arrest from a virus. That is correct. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an incredibly fun shirt that my friends incredibly hate. Uh, Frank says that it's a Ween song. I did not know that. Really, Mallory? Hi, Mallory, by the way. Hey, howdy. Hi. I love Mallory. Mallory and Frank. Frank's one of my favorite friends. Uh, Mallory, I actually wore my uh, Frank uh, bachelor party t-shirt a couple episodes ago. Um, this is a ween song? Really? I had no idea. Um, apparently, my shirt is a ween song. I had no idea. But anyhow, on this episode, let's take a look at the darkest timeline, which I think everyone can agree it really looks like we're in it. Especially if you guys have been watching Community, which is on Netflix again, thank for for the first time. But uh, you have a chance to watch it again, is what I'm trying to say. And they talked about the darkest timeline in there, and it really seems like we are in the darkest timeline. But before I get to that, Richard is right. It is rum and coke time. I've got mine. Do you have yours? I know it's a school night or a work night or a quarantine night, but um, you know what? Nothing wrong with a little rum and coke to have some fun. Uh, let me warn you right now, though, that yes, Trump will be a part of this episode. Love him or hate him, 
This is happening. So anyone that wants to complain about this episode because I want to mention Trump and some of the bullshit that he's doing, well, there's a skip button. I'll see you next episode. Okay. Please, for you guys that are watching live, James and Andrew and Ashley, everybody, it's not that heavy into Trump. It really isn't. In fact, it goes batshit crazy real quick. Um, with that out of the way, though, I can't help but notice that daily, daily, it really seems like I'm just sitting back watching evil get whatever the fuck it wants. But why? Besides the obvious pandemic, why does this really seem like we're in the darkest timeline? Do you guys have any idea? And is it only me? Do you guys feel like it's in the darkest timeline? Oh, Frank put a Frank put a post to the uh, the Ween song. I really do want to watch that. I did. I had no idea. Um, cool, man. Everybody's whiskey, whiskey and ginger's definitely okay. And tequila, sunrise, and wine. Hell yeah! Everybody have some fun and drink up. I agree, Ashley. Everybody can have their own political opinions, but. We're sitting back. We're watching evil get whatever it wants. We got a pandemic going on. But I wanted to take a look at something I talked about on an old episode. But I wanted to do it in a newer light. I want to talk about something that Sean Bishop mentioned on the last episode. The John Teeter prophecy. I don't know if he did it on air or not. I can't recall now. But he definitely talked to me about it. Uh, the John Teeter Prophecy. If you don't know who John Teeter is, here's a quick recap, but everyone really should listen to that whole episode. I'll wait. Well, I'll wait if you press pause. Everyone watching live, I'm not going to wait for you guys. You guys are going to have to just keep on going. Uh, yes, you should definitely switch to a keto zombie, Lauren. I don't even know what the hell a keto zombie is, but it sounds like it's got the word zombie in it, so that's awesome. Alrighty, so on November 2nd, 2000, a time traveler from 2036 posted this. Greetings, I'm a time traveler from the year 2036. I'm on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. My time machine is a standard uh, stationary mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. The unit is powered by two top spin dual positive singularities that produce a standard offset tipler sinusoid blah blah blah. So at first he went by time traveler underscore zero. Then he later changed it to John Teeter. Then he got world recognition when he went on Art Bell's Coast to Coast. Art Bell's the best. And uh, that's when really people started to listen and really kind of freak out because of the stuff he was talking about. Now, he said that time travel brought you back to the nearest similar timeline. So he was talking about infinite timelines in the year 2000 before it was really kind of a thing. Now, he said that um, some of the dates wouldn't match which, sure, is a good way to get around specifics involving time travel, because that's always kind of bullshit. But it also kind of makes sense. If he's going back to a similar timeline, sure, things will be a slightly different because people have made different choices in the world, but ultimately, we're roughly the same. So he said, uh, we know there are infinite timelines, so why not similar ones? And since his predictions are different... Let's talk about why that is according to him for just a second. He said, <clears throat> hold on, because my voice is already cracking because I was on the phone all day today. He said, this universe from his original timeline, when asked about a difference uh, about our timelines from his original timeline, he said, the fact that I'm here makes it different. The longer I'm here in our timeline, the greater the divergence is. He was here from November 2000 to mid-March 2001-ish. Um, but he also felt that our timeline would kind of merge with his original one 
eventually. So even though he got the timeline or the dates kind of wrong, it does seem like we're slowly merging with his timeline, which is not a good thing. Because let me talk about some of his prophecies and kind of how they're relating to what's going on now. The big one. He said a world war in 2015 killed nearly 3 billion people. Now, he said that in uh, November of 2000. He said growing up, there was another civil war in America surrounding a presidential election. Now, everybody thought it was Obama because of the, you know, around that time. They're like, oh my God, it's Obama. But, but that, that split, that the country had never been more divided that he was talking about really didn't happen all that much under Obama as it is now. I've never seen the country more divided than it is now. Oh my God, everybody stop chatting. I feel bad. This is this, this is getting too deep or too dark. You guys just let me know. I don't want to make this, uh, I don't want to bum you guys out. Um, I, I, I swear, I'm going to go through this real quick and then we can talk. We can chat about whatever you guys want. Wow, the chat line, the, the chat just stopped. Uh-oh, well, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm not live anymore. Well, we'll see what happens. He said that um, following the nuclear war, that following the civil war would be a nuclear war. Now, did John Teeter being here and warning us postpone or change some of his predictions? Oh, good. People are back. All right, good. Uh, did John Teeter being here and warning us postpone or change some of his predictions? Some people say yes, maybe. But you have to admit there's some serious, that we're seriously closer to a nuclear war now than we were in 2000 or 2015. I mean, seriously closer. And as China and Russia being the aggressor's prediction, well, that seems even more accurate today than it was in 2000. Now, he said that Russia and China have always had a very strange relationship. Even the news I see now indicates that the continued weapons deals to allies, border clashes, and overpopulation will lead to hostilities. He said the West will become very unstable, which gives China the confidence to expand. Really? I mean, that's what's going on right now. It really seems like that's what's going on right now. With this pandemic, it seems like the West is being destabilized and that China is becoming more and more of an aggressor. Come on up. Come on up. People want to see you. Come on. Come on. People want to see you, not me. Come on. Really? No? All right. Sorry, I thought there was going to be a stitch uh, stitch pop-up right there, but it didn't happen. Okay, and then he said that the... Uh, so, like, like I said, so the West uh, West become unstable. China gets the confidence to expand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's going on right now. Then he said, they will be the ones arresting and holding people without due process. When he said they, he meant the government, the American government. They will be the ones arresting and holding people without due process. And he mentioned that in 2001. And I want to say, oh, hey, Sean, how you doing? I want to say we've heard the John story. Yes, I know we've heard the John Teeter story, but this is leading somewhere. Don't worry, James. This is leading somewhere. If you believe in John Teeter or you don't, that's fine. But this is leading somewhere. Just let me go with this for another couple of seconds. Don't worry. I'm almost wrapping it up. So he said that uh, the American government were the ones arresting and holding people without due process. Another check off on his box that people are saying that's happening now. He said that um, we are being divided as a country. And as a result of the many conflicts, 
there will be no official Olympics after 2004. Now, however, that didn't happen, obviously, but now we have no more Olympics. The Olympics have been postponed for at least a year. There we go. Here's a stitch for everybody. Well, you guys are sick of listening to me. Just watch stitch. Um, he said that the Olympics, there'll be no more Olympics after 2004. Now, if his timeline was slightly off and we're slowly catching up to his timeline, we're looking at no Olympics this year with a postponement to 2021. So we'll have to wait and see if there's no more Olympics until 2040. All right, next up he said, uh, he's, he was talking about the mad cow pandemic. And he also mentioned breakthroughs in high energy physics. And he also mentioned the unknown functions of the 5100. Now the IB, IBM 5100, you guys can listen to the old episode about that one. Same thing with the high energy physics, that's CERN. You can listen to the old episode about that one. But a lot of people are saying, sure, he got the pandemic wrong. And I guess it's easy to kind of say there will be a pandemic that'll really wipe out populations. But. Aw. I'm sorry that you're clinically depressed, Sean. You're the best. Don't do that. Um. Uh, oh, thank you, James. I get what you're saying. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, so he's saying that there, you know, he's mentioned a pandemic. Sure, it's easy to say there are pandemics and we're in another pandemic and there's going to be a pandemic after this one. We all know that's the case. But a lot of people are saying it's kind of checking off all these boxes. It's almost kind of what people do with Nostradamus, where they kind of fit what's happening today to go with his predictions. Whether that's bullshit and people are just trying to find the connections or if there really were connections, that's to be debated hopefully tonight. So that's a bunch of reasons to think that John Teeter might be right. But a little bit later in the show, after we take some calls and get off of this topic and just have some fun for tonight, I want to talk to you guys about a new theory about John Teeter, slightly new. It's been around for a few years, but it's really picking up steam in the past year that really ties in Donald Trump to John Teeter, and it's batshit crazy. Okay. So the those predictions, what I was just talking about, Sean, were John Teeter. And uh, he you know, you can go back and listen to it. I did an episode about John Teeter forever ago. Cheers, Inga. Um, I just kind of wanted to get you guys in the mindset of wherever where a lot of people are, where that seems like we're on the darkest timeline. It seems like we're heading towards the end. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think we're all gonna get through this. If we all stay home and stay safe, we'll get through this. But a lot of people are depressed, scared. Sean was just mentioning it right here. It is really interesting, the mindset where people are going, where they're with the connections that people are making to what's happening now and trying to figure out, has this all been predicted before? Is this something that's destined to happen? Or can we get out of this darkest timeline? I don't know. You guys tell me, oh, wow, my video just went off. I hope you guys are still there watching me. And yes, I love batshit crazy theories as much as the next person. When I was talking to Lauren earlier, Lauren McCune's on here. Hi, how do... Um, when I was talking to her earlier, I really didn't know what topic I was going to talk about on tonight's episode. And then I went, oh, yeah, that's right. There's something that somebody mentioned a while ago about Donald Trump and John Teeter being connected. I want to go down that rabbit hole. It's not enough for a whole episode, but it is definitely enough to get this party started here. Anyhow, speaking of getting this party started, I'm going to minimize that right now. I don't want to talk about John Teeter. I mean, we can talk about whatever you guys want. If you want to talk about John Teeter, I am definitely here for it. But 
I want to open up the phone lines and can I open the phone lines please there we go alrighty I want to open up the phone lines for you guys the phone lines are now open you guys can call me at 818-732-9399 and yes you're right Krista this isn't just a John Teeter prediction show it is this isn't just a John Teeter prediction show. These are prophecies and predictions. Have you guys ever, I know you have, because we talked about it already, but have you guys ever um, had a prophecy come true? Did you guys ever have a, a dream and then that dream came true? Did you guys ever seem to know something before it happened? A premonition. You've ever had a premonition and have it come true? Big ones this time. Yes, I am definitely drinking. Um, oh, greetings from Australia. Alexander, hey, honey, hi. Uh, how you doing, man? Love the Australians, honestly. My Australian and, and New Zealand listeners, fans, whatever you want to call them, are the nicest, coolest people, and they reach out to me all the time. But for you guys, anybody that's listening right now, if you guys want to call me, 818-732-9399. You guys can call me. Let's chat about whatever you guys want to talk about. Have you seen a UFO? Have you seen a ghost? Have you seen a black-eyed child? A demon? A Bigfoot? I still haven't gotten a Bigfoot yet. I really, really want to get a Bigfoot call in. Only about cheating exes? Oof, that's, that's always fun. Uh, yeah, so people have definitely had... Oh, Fran has a psychic story. I would love to hear it, Fran. You know the number, 818-732-9399. I'd love to hear it. Um, but yeah, these are the stories that I want to hear tonight. I want to know about psychic connections or were you ever, have you ever gone to see a psychic and then what they told you came true? Not roughly came true, like, oh, you're going to meet someone and he might be cool, but he might be a jerk. No, I want like specifics. I want to know exactly, like they said, you're going to meet a guy with a stupid gray hat and a yellow uh, Ween Song Hawaiian shirt on, and he's going to talk to you about John Teeter, and then this happened. That's what I want to know. Um, but yeah, no, Fran, I would definitely love to hear about your psychic story. Uh, Phil, I sent you a text with an article I read today that reminded me of John Teeter going back for an old computer. Let's see. I've never had a text on the show. This will be this will be new. And and no, you guys can't text that phone number. This is actually somebody I know. That's why he he actually was able to text me. At six foot five, I look like Bigfoot. Don't fucking shoot me. Don't fucking shoot Jeff. Come on, guys. Don't fucking shoot Jeff. Alrighty, let me see what this text is about real quick. Hmm. Yes, Phil. I actually saw this one as well. Oh, Sean. Yeah, definitely. I wanna. Yeah, I wanna hear your psychic story as well. But hold on a second. People who know a century, a half century old computer language. Um, they're, they're wanted urgently. There's a company that wants to buy people or wants to buy, wants to hire people that know a half century old computer language. Oh, I guess I'm taking a call. All right, let's do this. All righty, caller, you are on the air. Hey, Kurt, it's Sean. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Well, I'm all right. 
<laughs> so so I'm I'm sad that you're 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 feeling the the same that everybody's feeling that whole kind of depression and and fear. Don't worry. Yeah, we're gonna get through well, this together. It's probably just yeah, it's also just seasonal. I get like this every time that my birthday comes up. So when is your birthday? Tomorrow. Happy early birthday, Sean Wagner. <laughs> it's it's Wagner's hey. birthday. Sean is awesome. If you listen to the past few episodes, Sean and Dave always have great stories to tell. Um, so please wish Sean a happy birthday. That's S E A N. Um, and Sean also, Oh yeah, of course. Sean also, she, she and I have been chatting on email and, uh, you know, Sean knows. Oh, trust me. I, you have no idea. Yes. I saw it earlier today and I was like, Oh, I got to respond. But, uh, I figured you'd be on here tonight and I would just tell you, yep, I will get you a date. Um, not tomorrow cause it's your birthday. Oh, well, tomorrow I'm probably going to end up just staying in anyway. I don't think that we're going to do much uh, driving. So, I mean, it'll be a welcome distraction. We don't really have anything else going on. I can't see anybody. You can't talk to anybody. So I guess that is true. Yeah, yeah. we are all kind of stuck. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, honestly, it, it'll, it'll kind of it'll keep me occupied. I, I wouldn't mind doing it tomorrow. Well, if you want to do it, I will definitely do it. I definitely want to do that. Uh oh, what happened to my video? So in keeping with, so in keeping with the, uh, the theme, you said you wanted some possible psychic stories. So I actually do have one. Awesome, and yes. I was not the one who was the psychic in this situation, by the way. Um, I, it was weird because um, I live in a kind of urban... Brittany had worked at a, a really seedy looking little bar. It was like an old vet's bar, but it was hiding behind some warehouses. So I would go there and, you know, occasionally help out. And she had, um, there was like some events. So I was helping her tap tags and, you know, working for free. <laughs> and a woman came up to both my friend James and I and said she needed to talk to us and that it was very important. And we'd never met her before, not once. Um, she was about in her 40s. Uh, she addressed herself as Matilda afterwards. Um, I, I actually ended up making friends with her uh, months after when I found her on Facebook. But anyway, she came up to us. She said, I don't want you to tell me anything. I have something to tell you. So we said, okay. You know, we're a little tipsy. We thought, you know, some drug lady just wants to talk to us. And she... Very, she very accurately described to my friend James, who is with me, all about his life and his current situations, including some names. Or if she didn't get the name right, she got the first letter right, she got their sexes right, she got the dates correct, whether it was like a couple weeks or a couple months during that time period. And she would not let him speak to say, yes, that's correct, or no, that's not correct. She kind of went on a tangent. And then after explaining to him his own life within the last year, she then also accurately predicted his life for the next year. Everything she said did actually end up happening. The things that were that he went through, um, he got hit by a UPS truck on his way to work and shattered his spine. He had, Wait. he had two rods down in his back. Oh, no, he's fine. He He's fine. He can mm-hmm. walk and everything. They I'm- put the rods in, but she told him he was going to be in an accident, but... He was going to come away with a new sense of purpose and and money, you know, this other stuff. And he did. And then she said, but if you, what I'm seeing is that you have a tendency to abuse that kind of power 
and you need to, you know, monitor that. It's going to lead you down a very dark path. And it did happen. He did abuse his money and the power that he had from it. He kind of treated his friends like crap and ended up going down, you know, a whole <clears throat> drug triad for a little bit. But she accurately predicted his entire life for a year ahead of the date that we met her. And this was this was very specific, like you're saying. She wasn't just in general terms saying like something bad's going to happen, she, but something she, good's going to come out of it. No, she said she she knew that he had a younger brother. She said, I think his name begins with N. I think it's like Nick or something. And his name is Nikhil. And we all call him Nick. So she said, you know, you have a brother Nick and this and that. And she just kept going with it. And then she came over and tried to kind of start talking to me. She said that um, I was going to meet someone who um, she said the first first initial of the name is a, a D. And he's going to be darker than you, whether it's physically he's darker, maybe his hair is darker, maybe his aura, his spirit is darker. And, well, I mean, I'm white. David is Cuban. He, I did meet him shortly after that. And oh, we're right. now together six years. So, she, I mean, it went both ways. It went kind yeah. of bad for James, unfortunately. But she warned him. If he had listened, maybe it would have turned out differently. And with me, she simply told me that someone was going to walk into my life, change it for the better, um... And for what it's worth, he did. Um, I, When I had met uh, that woman, I was actually going through a divorce with my first husband, and things were very dark, and she said, well, shortly after this, you're going to meet someone within the next six months. He's going to be great for you, but he, he's, he's darker than you. His name, his name begins with a D, and you're going you're gonna to meet him, but he's also kind of, he feels like he may have been there in your past, which... He was, but I didn't know it because he just happened to work at a store I frequented a lot. Interesting. And we didn't realize it until we met, so it was very strange. Now, because I I met David when I was thirteen, and then I never saw him again after I turned like fourteen, and then I finally met him again when I was twenty-three. Now, that's now in line with what she said. Now, did you have to give her what kind of info did you have to give her before she would do a reading for you? Uh, she didn't do a reading. She was, I honestly thought she was just some drunk lady. Oh, you said that. That's right. Bar. Yeah. So she just walked yeah, up. Yeah. She just kind of walked up to it. Yeah. And accurately told us everything about our lives. Okay. And it was that's just a crazy thing. That is pretty impressive then. If she's, yeah, you're, I forgot about that part of it. Yeah. If she just walked <laughs> up out of, off, out of the blue and started saying these and, things. And she was, and she was, and she was kind of drunk at the time. She even admitted that. And then huh. like later... I, I was really, really interested in finding her and maybe seeing what she would do in actual thing. And I only remember the first name, and I saw a picture with that name, and I was like, okay, that that must be her. I reached out to her. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember you from the bar, blah, 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 blah. And she went on to explain, you know, her, her family has a very strong line, but for some reason the only way hers works is when she's intoxicated. That's I've actually her, her visions and her ability come to her. I've actually heard that from uh, another person, that they... It's it's something about like you know the the mind being cleared or whatever or fogged if you will because they're drunk but yeah. there there is something to that that I've heard from another people as well, um, but how much all right so she gave you a bunch of stuff that turned out to be right did she also give yeah. you a ton of stuff that you were just like nope that's way off no she she knew everything she even knew that I had a kid. And I didn't have my daughter with me. I was at a bar. I wouldn't have brought my kid with me. I had nothing on me. I wasn't wearing a wedding ring. I didn't have any kind of band in, in dent on my finger, just 
to signify that I had been married, which she said that she knew I was going through a divorce. Sure. It was very, very strange. Like, I never met this woman before, and neither did my friend who worked at the bar. She said that she's never seen her, and she thought that that was weird. She didn't know if she should call security or not. She was walking up to everyone, kind of huh. spouting their lives at them, and then she went on her merry way after having a couple drinks. All right, well, that's really interesting, because there's a lot of psychics that do that whole, like, uh, that, that shotgun blast of info that you only remember the the corrects. You never remember that they also gave you 90 things that weren't right, like allegedly John Edwards. Like, somebody right. like that, where where he just starts spouting out shit into an, an audience of a thousand people until someone starts saying yes, and it's always stuff like, you had a relative that uh, that uh, got old and passed away. Has anybody here had a dog or a cat? Like, yeah, some kind every, of animal that died? Had that happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That kind of shit that yeah, always drives me crazy. That's all probability. They, yeah, they work on probability. That's the same kind of thing that, like I, like I said in the email, when it comes to like tarot readers, a lot of tarot readers... Unfortunately, they are frauds because they study psychology. They know how to read body language. They know oh, what sure. to look for if you have, you know, any kind of well, tan line where you had a ring so they can say, oh, we know you're divorced or maybe you're cheating, oh, sure. et cetera, et cetera. Like, they, that's what they, they're meant to do. It helps them make money. So you go by probability, you go by psychology, body language. Uh, if you ask them some questions or if you've known someone who has come in that knows that person, you maybe get a little dirt on them before you have them come in. That's just what they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is definitely con men, but there are some people that um, that have gotten stuff right. Like I, I've I've bumped into people that have said stuff that there's no possible way they could know it, and it turned out to yeah. be true. So yeah, you're right. There is the, there are these people, and and yes, Jeff, I agree. Jeff is saying so. If all these people have the gift, why don't they warn us to buy Lysol and masks months ago? I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I've got my little little stack of masks as well. I completely agree, but I've also talked yeah, to people. Yeah, but you also have to think maybe, maybe it's not like it's not always going to be random. You have to be in the moment or in that. That's exactly it. Of the person that gives you that kind of aura and energy, and they go, "Wait, I have to talk to you." That's this exactly it. Because they're never that. they're not exactly. thinking. Yeah, they're not uh -huh. thinking about everything that's happening. They're getting hints and pictures or images or things coming to them about very specific things. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, as always, thank you for kicking off the show. This is awesome. Again, happy early Absolutely, birthday. Not a problem. Uh, thank you. I let's chat and figure out if tomorrow will work. If not, we can do it another day. Um, but Sean is going to do a tarot reading for me. Sean got some little private personal information. Nothing amazing, nothing shocking. Just stuff that you could probably find on the internet if you really tried about yours truly. Yeah, like Kurt has a third nipple on the back of his head. Yeah, <laughs> and thanks for... I was supposed to be private. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you again. Right, Thank I can't you. wait to chat with you offline. I really do appreciate it. Thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, just go ahead and send me an email, whether it's after the show or tomorrow. We'll we'll set up, you know, when we want to start up the uh, the tower reading. Definitely, I love this plan. Thank you. All right, sounds great. Thanks. Bye. Alrighty, so let's see, we have, uh, yo, Fran's daughter loves the Mandela Effect, as do I. There's another episode of Mandela Effect coming up. Uh, where did I get those masks? I've had these masks uh, for about a year and a half, two years, because I do a lot of prop building, or prop making. And um, at the time, when I got these masks, I, I, was, I was building, I've now since built, 
uh, a mini boat, a little wooden mini boat. So I needed a lot of masks for that. Thankfully, they came in a pack of 50 and I only used like five of them. So I had some left over, thankfully. Um, Susan says, I had a recce smoke reading once and she told me that she told me things no one knew blew me away. I seen her. Really? So Susan, if you'd like to call in, no pressure, you don't have to. But if you'd like to call in, I would love to hear that story because I've never heard anybody that had a smoke reading before. I think that'd be amazing. Uh, hello from Vancouver. Well, Jay, hello back at you um, with an R, not an N. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate that as well. Um, yeah, you know, until I get another call, let me tell you guys a story about my last uh, podcast that I was doing called Drunken Metaphysical. Hi, Angel. Hi from Texas. Uh, Drunken Metaphysical. We were going to do and we're going to like record a live psychic reading and then play it on air on the on the podcast and see how right the psychic was. So we found this psychic that had really amazing reviews. And I mean, absolutely amazing reviews over in Glendale-ish area. And I was like, yep, that's the one. I'm going to spend the money. I don't care. We're going to get a reading. So I contacted her to set up an appointment. And she said, oh, yeah, no, I can definitely do that. I'm going to send you a questionnaire. You guys fill it out. Mail it back to me or email it back to me. And then uh, it has to be done within 48 hours before your, your reading. And I went, okay, cool. Well... The questionnaire was your full name, your birth date. Sure, I don't care about that. I can get that. I can get behind that. Where you were born, what your Facebook page is, and if it's private, you must make it public. Um, what's your Instagram? What's your Twitter? Like every social media you could possibly think of. So obviously, they were going to spend 48 hours going through all your private info and then shock you with like, oh, I can, do you have a small dog named Stitch? I'm seeing a Stitch, Lilo and Stitch, you know, that kind of bullshit. So um, we decided, uh, no, we weren't going to go to that psychic and screw everything about that. Oh, wow, this is different. I didn't even think about that. If you guys have been doing any of those little like hearts or likes or angry faces or anything, this new setup doesn't have any of that. Interesting. Um, that's crazy weird. So this new setup is really kind of odd. Um, um, sort of sleep paralysis related. You can call in. You guys are welcome to call in about any topic. Um, yes, hopefully this will be all over soon, but yeah, no, anybody can call in on any topic. Um, I would, I would like to hear about that, uh, that Reiki, um, reading. And there was another reading that I wanted to hear, or another thing that I wanted to hear about. What? Da, da, da. Uh oh, what was it? I said I want to hear about this to Krista. Krista, wherever, whatever you were saying. Oh, the pterodactyl. Crystal saw a pterodactyl once. I definitely want to hear about that because I did an episode about Thunderbirds a while ago. It really intrigues me that a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, see pterodactyls or pteranodons or whatever you want to call them. So if you've seen one of those, that would be the first one caller of that kind of call ever. Krista, hint, 818-732-9399. I would love to hear from you guys about that. Oh, Nick said he definitely heard tree knocking at night in northern Michigan. I just, I missed that. I just caught that. That sounds like Bigfoot to me. I want to hear these stories. This sounds awesome. And yes, Dave, that, that psychic was bullshit. Um, but, uh... Anyhow, in the meantime, I guess since no one's calling, I guess I can continue on. It's a little earlier than I want to continue on um, with the John Teeter stuff. 
Uh, there is a Mandela Effect episode coming up. I know I keep talking about it. I'm trying to find more and more stuff. I want to make it a full, full episode. Right now, it's only about a half-hour episode, and everybody gets really mad at me. Not everybody, but a lot of people get really mad at me when I throw out an episode that's under an hour. And I mean, if I send out a post out an episode that's 52 minutes, I hear from people. Which, these people aren't paying me. And none of them, none of the complainers are ever... Um, patrons so they have really no one to uh to complain about my ex saw one oh good kelly i want to know what your ex saw come on there we go you're on the air i'm guessing this is dave oh krista hey how you doing dave stop calling i want to listen to krista all right, hold on. Dave, I'll take your call in a minute. Oh, my God, stop calling. Hold on, Krista. Okay. I don't know how to stop this on this new phone, so we're going to pretend this is going to stop. All right, Sean, tell Dave to stop calling. Well, I'm going to listen to you in just a second. There we go. Awesome. Dave, I want your call right after this one. Krista, hey, howdy, hi. This is my first one of these calls. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. It, um, I was, it, it kind of freaked me out. Um, I had seen pictures of pterodactyls that people said they saw, and, you know, I thought, yeah, whatever. And about four years ago, I live in South Central Texas, and I was driving up to Dallas um, to visit my family for Father's Day about four years ago. And I was on I-35, and it was just north of Austin. Um, I was probably somewhere between Austin and Round Rock. And I saw, I was, you know, unfortunately I was doing 70 miles an hour on the highway, so I couldn't grab my phone and get a picture of it. But um, I saw this thing flying over the highway, and at first I thought, man, that's a really big bird, hawk, something. And I... It, as it was off in the distance, I thought maybe it was just a really big hawk that was holding a snake in its talons, in its feet, because it had a long, like, tenderness tail, um, but I thought it was holding a snake. I thought, man, that hawk's got a big old snake, but as it got closer, it flew right over my car, and it was probably about maybe 20 feet as it passed over the top of my car, and as I saw this thing, it was huge. Huge. It had a wingspan of probably, I would say probably about 12 feet. Holy crap. The thing, it was not holding anything in its feet. The the long thing that I saw trailing off of it was its tail. Yes. And I had never seen anything like that. It it kind of flew over my car and it landed in a cornfield and... There were several cars around me on the highway, and we were all looking at each other like, holy shit, what is that? What is that? Wait, where were you? Unfortunately, where were you when you saw this? I was north of Austin, like between Austin and and Round Rock, Texas. Really? Uh, Yeah, yeah. And I, I found a picture on the internet of exactly the thing that I saw, and it's an it's an old picture. You've probably seen it. It's it's like from the early 1900s, maybe sometime around 1920, and these two, like, old rednecks holding this big thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got the big tail hanging off of it. That is what I saw. 
Holy I found crap. that. Holy crap. Holy shit, that's what I saw. That, that was the thing that I saw flying up in my car. What you saw so, is uh, even more rarer than a Bigfoot sighting. I mean, people see these things all over the country, but it is, you know, increasingly, it's incredibly rarer than a Bigfoot. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I was really flipped out about it. And I was so mad that I was on the highway because I couldn't grab my phone and get a picture of it. I was like, damn, and I couldn't even, like, turn off anywhere and go. I was going to go look for it in the cornfield, but I couldn't. It was, like, nowhere for me to get off the highway. <laughs> so, wait, what what color was it? Was it, was it, did it have feathers? Did it have fur? Did it have scales? What did it, like, anything you can tell us, any, any details? So, it looked like, so it, it had, you know how it has, like, the long, elongated head with the, like, the long sort of, I don't know what you call it, a spike or something yeah. down off the back of its head. It had that, and it was definitely definitely had feathers, but the wings looked more like skin covered, almost like a bat. Um, and the tail, the tail was was it, you know was like didn't have any feathers on it. It almost looked like a snake. Um, oh, that's amazing. It, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't holding anything in its talents that thing that big long thing with its tail this um, is going to be an odd question and I, d I doubt you'll know this or remember but do you remember how fast it was beating its wings or was it gliding or what was it doing um it was when it came over my it was it was beating its wings as it was approaching the highway but kind of slowly like not it it, that's why I thought it was a hawk because it wasn't. It's not like it was flapping real hard to keep it to maintain its altitude. And then as it came over the highway, it was it was sort of on a glide path for landing, so it was just boring. Yeah, know, it wasn't really beating its wings when it came over, and you know it it landed in a cornfield right next to the highway. So it was it it was on it was on short final when it came over my car. You know. And, and this is going to be for the skeptics. I'm going to throw this question because the skeptics are all saying it. How do you know that you weren't seeing a stork or pelican or some bullshit like that? Because, no, I, I, no, I've traveled all over the world. I, I've seen pelicans. I've seen storks. I've seen blue herons. I've seen, you know, swans. This thing was not, it was not a typical bird, Um and it, like I said, its wings looked like bat wings. Like they didn't have, they were almost like membranous skin. But it, it looked, it appeared to have feathers on its body. See, that's exactly, I mean, look, I just had to ask that because I know the skeptics are all screaming that to the podcast when they eventually listen to this. I, I agree completely that there is a definite uh, difference between that and a pterodactyl or pteranodon or whatever you want to call it. I am so excited yeah. that you called in. I've been wanting to hear from somebody that has seen a Thunderbird or a pterodactyl dinosaur, whatever word you want to use for it. There's a ton of them. Yeah. But yeah. these things, yeah. these these have been seen by like Native Americans, like before the, the American settlers came in, the white people came in. Like these things have been seen and documented forever. I really don't think that they died off completely. I think they're out there. I think they're out there fair um, enough of them that they're populating and still surviving. Yeah. I think there are a lot of species that we just, we just haven't, you know, seen them yet. Oh yeah. They're really good at keeping cover, you know, they're, they're, and you know, I mean, you, you talk about these, 
you know, scientists that go out in the rainforest and stuff, they're discovering, you know, new, quote unquote, new species all the time. It's just, we, you know, we just haven't, haven't seen them yet, haven't photographed them. Haven't, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly think that this kind of stuff is going to be discovered or found or whatever because we're encroaching on their space after you know for the longest time it was in the southwest which was basically a desert which basically nobody stayed in and now we're getting yeah. to we're pushing them into populated areas there's there's a um there's a site that is quote unquote tracking them that says they're coming up through Mexico or South America and they've been slowly migrating and everybody said, well, that's ridiculous, but that's exactly what happened with uh, African bees, the killer bees. They, yeah. they, they yeah. could see they're well, migrating. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in Austin, we have one of the biggest colonies of Mexican free tail bats in the world. Oh, and 30, 30 years ago, that colony didn't exist. They, they found a bridge in downtown Austin that they liked, and now they they live there, you know, half the year, every year. And, you know, 30 years ago, we didn't have bats in Austin, and now we have crap tons of bats. Huh. You know? that's, see, that's the kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, you're right. It's Everything is kind of just migrating as it goes. That's, that is really cool. Now, is this the one and only the first thing that you've ever seen on the paranormal spectrum, or are you lucky enough to have, you know, a little like bingo card of a bunch of stuff that you've seen. I that's I mean that's the first cryptid thing that I've ever seen. Um, and it's, you know I've never seen ghosts or anything like that. I've, I've had um, a couple of uh, premonition type dreams before, but um, no, that that would probably. Oh, I did see a UFO once back in the eighties. I have to take that back. See, um, you're filled oh, with stuff. You're just yeah. yeah. All right. I, I, your choice, dealer's choice. I can I either, if you'd like, you don't have to, I would either love to hear about the premonition or about the UFO. It's your choice. Let me tell you about the UFO. Cause it was a little, it was, it was more interesting than that. The premonition dream was just something that, um, uh, it just real quick. I dreamed that my brother died in a car accident and the next day he was in a horrible car accident, but oh, he didn't no. die. He's fine. Holy so, crap. Yeah. That had to be terrifying, yeah. though, when you found out that he was in a car accident after having that premonition. It was. It, it was. It was. But he's, he's fine. So um, Glad to hear that. Uh, yes, yes. But, no, back in, um, it was probably 1986, uh, my dad had an Italian restaurant in Plano, Texas. And um, I worked there. I was in uh, first year of college, and I, all of us kids worked there. And on a Friday night, early Friday night, um, one of our customers was out in the parking lot and he came in and he said, Hey, you guys got to come out here and see this. And we were like, what? He's like, there's a UFO. We're like, Oh, come on, dude. Really? So a bunch of us went out and sure enough, there was this huge triangular shaped UFO that was, it was way up high. Um, you can tell it was really big, but it was way up there. It was probably, this thing had to be at least you know, somewhere between fifteen and 20,000 feet up. And it had to be huge because it looked big, even knowing that it was that far up there. And it had um, multicolored lights down the sides of it. I don't think it had any lights on the, the, the back edge of the triangle, but on the sides. And they were um, green and red and white flashing lights and they flashed kind of um, intermittently not in any particular pattern 
and this thing just hovered there for like an hour and a half and lots of people saw it um you know we didn't have cell phones back then but there were people that were taking pictures of it and i don't know if it ever made the news or anything but people you know i stood out there and watched it for at least 20 minutes what shape was it um it was triangular yeah interesting yeah it was like it looked like a big just lighted triangle just hanging out in the sky but colored lights not just white yeah well, it's interesting that, yeah. that it's red, green, and white, because red, green, and white are the marker lights for, you know, planes, for, for known man-made yeah. objects. Yeah. But you yeah. said this thing was yeah, huge. That's, and that's, yeah, that's what, we were all discussing that. We were like, well, but the lights weren't in the right pattern. They were, um, they were, like, for instance, one position of one light would flash different colors. So it wasn't like... It wasn't like each light was just one color. Oh, okay. Well, that's definitely not man-made then. Yeah, no, it wasn't. um, Definitely wasn't a a legal, uh, you know, U.S. aircraft. Now, did you ever? Did you ever hear my episode about um, blimps? I don't think so. There was a. I did an episode about blimps, and there's a, a a thing that this guy figured out that a lot of UFO, uh, triangular UFO sightings were actually blimps traveling, because blimps travel at night to get to other locations, um, blimps traveling at night, and because it's just seeing the marker lights, it makes it look like a triangle, because the rest of the blimp is obviously dark, because it's dark out. Um, mm-hmm. And it would explain the, it would explain the silent, it would explain the, the, the hovering, but so you know what a blimp size is like. What would you say that your UFO size is compared to a blimp? Oh, no, much, much, much larger. This thing was awesome. probably, as we stood there and discussed it, we were thinking this thing was probably one and a half football fields. Holy size, crap. At least. I mean, it was big. It was big. So that's like the Arizona light size. That's huge. Yeah. It, it, what we saw was very much like, very much like that, except the lights were different colors, you know? Well, there are some people that said that the Arizona lights were different colors, but people just weren't getting that kind of resolution because of yeah. quality of the cameras or whatever. That's really yeah. cool. See, you did a, uh, actually you did a threefer. I was going to say you did a twofer, but no, you did a threefer right there on one call. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, Krista, th- thank you so much for calling and thank you seriously, honestly, for being the very first pterodactyl sighting um, listener story because... I've been wanting one forever because those things, I want to see one to no end. Like, you know, Bigfoot obviously is number one, but pterodactyl is a close second. Yeah, well, that's a high honor for me. Thank you very much. Are you kidding? Thank you. This is so awesome. Thank you for calling. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. Y'all stay safe out there. All righty. Thank you, too. Stay safe as well. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All righty. Dave, this is your chance. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to take any other calls. Yeah, I agree. That is a huge UFO. How awesome is that from Krista? I finally got a pterodactyl story. That's what I've been wanting forever. I know I should be like more like reserved and be like, hmm, that's interesting. Oh, but it could be blah, blah, blah. No, fuck that. I'm so happy that I got a pterodactyl story. I've been wanting one forever. I think those things are amazing. 
But uh, but Dave, I'm going to keep on riffing. You can feel free to call up. I would love to chat with you. Oh, also, what the hell are you guys talking about on the chat with a Geiger counter? I definitely want to do either a paranormal drinking game or a bingo card. Paranormal bingo card? That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun. James Polk, I'm glad you're drunk. I know that's not how you typed it. Oh, sweet. There we go. Good job, Dave. Come on. You are on the air. Hey, Kurt. Hey. hey. Um, yeah. yeah, I just uh, I wanted to call because uh, I had something actually happen recently, and I figured I'd let you know. Um, it has to do with the uh, sleep paralysis. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I did want to hear this one. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, so so here's the thing. It, um, it happened about two nights ago, and um, Sean just explained uh, to me that... Uh, the balloon was actually last night. And then this happened, like, I guess, in transition between the 6th and 7th. So I um, I ended up, um, you know, we, we ended up calling it a night. We uh, ended up going to sleep. And I had sleep paralysis in my dreams. Do you have it often? So, um, it happens every once in a while. Like, not as often, but I try it. Like, I've been... Um, I've had it before, like, waking, I guess, like, waking up. You know, I'll have a, sometimes you'll wake up and I'll, I'll end up getting, like, sleep paralysis from that. But more recently, in the past few months, it's been in my dreams. So, like, it, it's kind of, like, the same concept as when you're awake and you're, you're going through the sleep process, but it's actually in the dream itself. So oh, I, oh, I see what you're saying. Actually, yeah, I still feel the same effects of sleep paralysis, but it's in the dream. Like, I'm not actually awake. That's going to be even more terrifying. Oh, yeah, no, it was. Um, so, here's what happens. Um, I, I start off the dream, and, and the dream starts off almost as if I was still awake, I guess. And I, I was, like, saying something to Sean, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to sleep with them. Like, oh, I'm going to go, um, I think she said she had to go to the kitchen to get something. So, I lay down on my bed. And in the dream, I have, like, I'm trying to go back to sleep in the dream, which is really weird. I was thinking to myself, like, is this some sort of, like, inception thing or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sleep paralysis within sleep yeah. paralysis. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird because um, as I was sleeping in the dream, I got the sleep paralysis, and I looked over to the door, and I was, like, trying to call Spawn to help me. Like, I said, Sean, you know, help, help. And, um there was something at the door. Like, the door was slightly open because she left it kind of open when she went to the kitchen in the dream. And something showed up at the door. It was wearing, like, all black. It um, it looked, like, blurry, kind of like the face was kind of like peach, like almost a weird kind of... looked kind of like a goblin, actually. Like, the ears were pointy, and, like, it was... But it was really blurry, so I couldn't really make out a face. But this thing was pretty creepy, and it just, like, popped out near the door. It looked like maybe about, like, five feet, and it said, Sean can't help you. Whoa, what the hell? Yeah, it said, Sean can't help you, and I started freaking out, and I kept asking her to help me, and then, like, I, like, kept moving my body in the dream, and I woke up, and usually, like... 
like I, I explained the the whole thing to her afterwards because she actually had to like physically try to wake me up. Like she actually was doing it. Like she was actually trying to help me because she heard me saying that out loud. So which was that's yeah, and this I has never know. happened before. No, I've had I've had occasions where I, where I did have those instances where I would kind of like grunt and she'd hear me and she'd know that I'm going through the sleep process. But for the most part, I've been kind of like trying to train my brain to um, get myself out of the sleep process. Sure, which is good, which is what I recommend to everybody is you just got to have to be like you have to realize you're having sleep paralysis and not panic and and kind of try to wake yourself up and move something, a finger, a toe, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing it the right way. But even if even though you're like two layers into it on this at this point, (laughs) um. And, and so, have you ever seen this thing before? I've never seen that thing before, and that's what freaks me out about it, because usually what happens is I'll have, like, a mundane dream, and, like, I'll actually be doing, like, random things. Like, I'll be walking around the block or something, and then I'll say, okay, I'm going to wake myself up, and then I'll force myself to wake up because um, I kind of just, like, move around in the dream, and, like, in the dream, I'll be able to move my body to a point where I actually wake up. Like I'll move my, I'll swing my arms around, and what happens is I'll swing my arm, and in real life, I wake up and I kind of like move it a little bit. It's still really numb because I'm, in, I'm like waking up, but that's that's kind of the gist of what happens most of the time when when I go through a sleep paralysis in a dream. But this is the first time that actually happened, and that was two nights ago. Wow, so it kind of freaked me out a little. And and <laughs> and you are you're it sounds like you're an experienced sleep paralysis victim, user, whatever you want to call it, and you know how to get yourself out of it. Definitely. I've had it for a couple of years, and um, I've kind of been trying to go through, um, try to practice lucid dreaming. Oh, yeah. And the most, yeah, and the most that I can do is I can kind of, like, focus more, I focus in the dream more on um, being able to know where to go, like, being able to kind of move around like I would normally. Like, I can only do that stuff. I can't, like, fly around like all these other people are claiming. I can't do all this crazy stuff. But I move around like I would normally do in reality. And um, that's as far as I've gotten so far. And the most that I've been able to do is, like, wake myself up. So, but that's, Sh- Sean that's, was that's saying... <laughs> Sean was saying that she noticed it happens a lot when the doppelganger mimic is active. And she doesn't know. I don't know because in in those situations, I have no idea because I'm not really around for it. Like, obviously, you know, like uh, for some reason, when she sees these things, I'm not actually in the vicinity. Like, I it's either I'm in the bathroom and she'll see it somewhere, and I I just don't know. (laughs) And then she tells me. But do they do they seem to be connected? The timeline wise, like when you have this, and then the the mimic shows up. Honestly, I wouldn't even know for sure. Like, I, I would think that maybe that might be a connection, but I honestly haven't, I really don't know for sure how strong of a connection it would be. I would think it is more so now because of what happened recently, but I, I can't really say. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, I'm I'm just as, as uh, lost in the situation as anyone else would be. I really, I'm very curious about this doppelganger mimic this is really 
I mean, obviously, it is something that is connected to you that seems to be wanting to mess with Sean. I honestly, the, the thing that I think that is going on, it's, it's kind of creeping me out, too, because um, it's not the first time I've heard that. Like, I know I've, I've heard of, like, people around me that have had that kind of situation, so I know kind of what entails. Sure. But, I mean, like... I really don't know, um, I don't know what it's capable of in that, in that aspect where, I mean, like, I, I don't know what kind of influence it would have in my, in my dreams. Well, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think, I would think, and this is just, obviously, I'm not an expert. Anybody says they are, it's bullshit. But I would think that if it has the ability to affect you in the subconscious and be seen in, quote unquote, the real world, that it is it has a purpose there. There's definitely something. It has a plan. What that plan is. Yeah. I have no fucking idea, but <laughs> it, it's odd that it, it is affecting, not affecting. It's odd that it's interacting with Sean after it's affected you as I guess my, my question, my statement, it just seems odd. I don't understand yeah, I that. Think, yeah. I think it's weird because, um, she sometimes mentions it. And then, like like she said before, you know, it, it happens in, like, kind of odd time intervals. So it'll happen. And then that night, I'll probably go to sleep and have, like, a weird, a crazy, you know, sleep process. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really sure where, where all of this ties in, but I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to figure out how to get, get through it and understand it more. Well, yeah, no, that's definitely the way... Um... The, the, that's definitely the way to do it is just kind of keep notes and kind of the both of you as a couple keep tabs on you and it and and see if you can kind of start drawing some dots together on is it seen prior to the sleep paralysis is it seen post but that neither of none of those explains why all of a sudden you have this new thing this goblin showing up what is that yeah. about where'd that come from and why is that why does it a know who sean is and b why does it know that sean can't help you that's creepy so, okay the weird thing about the goblin thing is um it's it doesn't like it looks kind of like it was like it was kind of like a, a beige face but it was so blurry and it wasn't the first time i've seen something similar to it i lived somewhere um a couple of years ago and I woke up one night, like, it was, like, around, like, 3 or 4 in the morning. And um, I was walking to my kitchen, and there's, like, this big painting. And it, it almost looked like it blended in. And this was really weird and just creepy. But it, like, it was about maybe, like, almost like my height. Yeah. A little bit taller. I'm around, like, 5'11". So it looked like maybe, like, 6 foot. And it was all blurry, all beige, and it looked like it was naked. But I couldn't tell. I couldn't do any, like, defining pieces at all to, like, let me know, hey, this thing's naked. It was so blurry at the time that I couldn't I couldn't put the details together. And by the time I blinked, it was gone. Now, did it have, if you if you can remember, because it was a split second, did it have the pointed ears like the goblin? Nope. Interesting. That's the one thing that I, I made sure to, to when, I, when, I, um, when I go into these dreams, I try to analyze the, the really peculiar things because I I studied um, dream analysis. Sure. So I try to I try to 
because I'm I'm really really involved in in that stuff because after what I told you before about all the convention stuff, I started studying more about it and I wanted to gather more information to try to like train myself like you you mentioned before. Yeah. So I I, I took that and I I tried getting as much information about the stuff. So what I do now is I'll try to pay attention to as many details as possible and try to take all of them out and analyze them. And that thing definitely, like the thing that I saw a couple years back did not have pointed ears at all. Like that thing was a whole other thing. And I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's a shapeshifter or something of that sort. Maybe it can change its, uh, its body structure or something. But that's, if that's the case, then that's been around for a while. Now, when you see this thing, do you get the feeling that you that it's the same thing or do you get the feeling it's something new or do you get the feeling it's shifting it it feels okay so in in the dream that i had recently it didn't feel evil or good it didn't have anything like that it was more of like an a kind of like almost inevitable neutral like a like it was kind of chaotic neutral in a way Okay. Like it knew something something big was gonna happen and that I couldn't do anything about it, but it didn't have any intent. Like it wasn't malicious or good. It was just neutral. Alright, so alright, so it doesn't seem you don't you're not getting a fear of this thing is trying to kill you or alright, so here's my thing. I was going to mention this after the call, but you know what? We, I, I think you should be on the call for this one. So I've had a friend that did lucid dreaming that could actually um, astral project because she got so good at lucid dreaming, she could actually astral project. Now, she was out exploring the world, if you will, astral projecting, and because she was out of her body, she said when she was coming back to her body, there was a shadow over her body, and she was like, nope, that's it. And that was the last time that she astral projected because she really thought it was waiting for her to leave so he could get in her. Have you tried astral projecting? Yeah, I, I've attempted, and um, this is the, the, I guess there, there's, a lot of, um, there's, com there's a lot of common speculation about um, how the beginning effects of it are. Um, paralysis does have some involvement in it yes yeah you have to go through being awake and asleep at the same time yeah which is weird because when you get into the scientific aspects of it it sounds like okay this person's just going through sleep paralysis but you have to like it almost feels like you have to dive further into it you do like yeah you can't, have any, you can't have any fear going into this if you do then you're you're um what they say is that you basically come back into your body immediately. That's exactly it. If your like body, a, a if your body moves, or if you have any fear or any of that, you snap out yeah. of it, if you will. Yes. It, it, fear, fear is one of the biggest things that will prevent you from being able to do it. And with me, I've had a lot of fear because I've seen so many scary things. Well, that yeah, that's so I was, I've yeah. Had, I've had two different attempts, and one of them was unintentionally. I, I went through the sleep process and I felt like almost as if I was getting so close to getting to it because I felt like I was moving out of my body. And then I felt afraid because I said, I, in my head, I said, oh no, what if I can't come back in? Well, that's exactly. But my body yeah. immediately just sunk back in. Well, and the same thing happened the second time, but the second time I actually was trying to make an attempt. Well, that's my worry. That's why I wanted to bring that up is that, you know, hey, you know, astral projecting is cool. My friend told me, 
My my friend would ex would describe things in my house the way they were, even though she could see them slightly different because it was more like an outline world, if you will. Um, when she was astral yeah. projecting, and she was right, which is very cool and very fun and very voyeuristic, if you will, very fun in that aspect. Yeah. But the danger is, if something's waiting for you to leave your body, it can get to you while you're leaving your body. Sure, there is that connection from your umbilical to your body, but yeah. do you really want to push that? That's why I was kind of being like, wait, maybe I shouldn't wait for you to be off the call. I should tell you now. I don't think you should no, astral no, project. Yeah, don't astral project. Yeah, it I, seems like something bad could happen. No, honestly, um, there is a chance that something could mess with you, but um, overall, you have um, a stronger connection to your body than the likelihood of something in invading it. Like that is true. That, that is true, but there's also you, a lot of people that say, especially in... Um, in India or, or, or not the Hindu religion. I'm not saying that right. Sorry, I've been drinking. There's, there's people in India that have said that, um, that kind of astral projection does leave your body open to something that could kind of sneak in a back door, even though you're still in charge, it's now in you in that back door that some people say it's possession. Some people say that it's a, uh, a demon just kind of getting a free pass to roam the earth using you. So just to be on the yeah, safe side, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's part of the reason why I, I didn't necessarily follow through with it. I feel like I need to find a way to protect myself from having that happen and have more experience in that field in order to pursue something like that. And that's something that I would recommend with anybody trying it because I'm don't, don't, uh, it's, it's, okay to try a few things but sometimes it, it's really risky it's almost kind of like trying out a wheezy board or something oh sure 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 do, do it without, without having experience of how to open it or close it you, you don't want to do that that's exactly it do it in little bursts try it take a step into the living room but sean just posted in the in the comment section and i gotta say that everybody that's listening to this podcast after the fact i really feel bad for you because you're only getting half of it um the chats that go on sorry there was an There's a knock at my back door, which is something that can't happen. Um, uh, I have a, something that can't happen. Well, there's there's a gate and everything. It's locked. Plus, I can see my back door. It's a big window, and there's nobody back there. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, no, it's fine. Um, what was I saying though? Oh, Sean was saying. Sean said that. Um, well, that was weird. Sean was saying that uh, if he does, if he wants to astral project, he needs to do it when I'm 100% awake so I can monitor him. That's not what I was saying, though. What was it? Oh, I was saying um, if you guys are listening to this podcast after the fact, you really are missing like half of the thing because the conversations that are happening in chat are absolutely fantastic. And it makes me really hard to focus on what's going on in the uh, anyway. But um, they, they really are really interesting chat room conversations about the show in real time. But, um, but no, uh, Dave, honestly, like, I don't think I, I, for one, I'm going to say you should not astral project. Um, that's just my opinion. I obviously you can do what you like to do, but, um, I agree with you. It's kind of like a Ouija board. You're kind of playing with fire there. You're opening something up and you got to make sure you close it before something gets in. So I agree completely with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's best to go in there. Like if anyone does have experience in it, it's, they, they would tell they would tell you that you, you definitely have to have some form of protection to keep that from happening. Like, 
Yeah. There's oh, no yeah. Getting some sort of injury in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and no. It, does I, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, physical injury. I'm, like, referring to, like, you know, um, kind of, like, the energy, uh, injuring your energy in that aspect. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And that's the other thing is that you are really expending a lot of energy to Astro Project. Do you really want to be expending that yeah. much energy while something is definitely there and has a chance of getting in? That seems that seems bad. That seems really bad. What what really got me thinking about it though also is that um you know how we all talk about shadow people being like some sort of thing? What if that's actually people astro projecting? Oh no, that's that's something that's been brought up to me before. That's really interesting that you said okay, that. Yeah. yeah, that has definitely been brought up before because we're seeing we're seeing just the shadow of this astral projected person, and it also goes into that very voyeuristic thing where there's a lot of the shadow people are coming to watch you sleep or watch you bathe or watch you in your privacy of your own home. And yeah, no, yeah. that is that is a theory that has been brought up to me in the past, which I've never really I've never really gone down that road because I don't know how to go down that road other than unless somebody has astral projected and can prove to me that they have. Don't, yeah. Nobody astral project and try to look in on me. I'm fuck all that. But I mean, yeah, but but do it to somebody else. And if they if they say, hey, that's funny because I was spanking it at that time, then there you go. There's some proof. But <laughs> and did they see a shadow person while they were doing it? That's interesting. I mean, that's what I really wanted to call for. I didn't know for sure. No, no, that's... I, I, knew, I knew that you guys were talking about um, premonitions and things like that. I didn't want to get it off the rails or anything like that. No, 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 no. This is awesome. No, honestly, uh, the, when the lines go open, I want to hear from everybody about every paranormal topic under the sun. So this is... You guys are always... Like I said before, you have free reign to call me at any time. And you're also cool enough to be like, oh, crap, somebody's already called. I'm going to bounce off the yeah, call no real quick. I have, I have no problem. I like listening to new callers. It's, it's actually really refreshing. It Very really is. It, no, no, it yeah. honestly is. Thank you again so much for calling. I really do appreciate you. it. You guys, like I said, you have always, you have free reign to call me at any time. Always a pleasure, Kurt. Stay safe. Always fun to chat with you. Appreciate <laughs> it. All righty. So, um... There is a lot going on in the chat room, which makes it really hard to focus, especially when I hear weird knocking in my back door as well, which that's, that is a first for me. Um, people that have been to my house, like Jamie and Todd can tell you that the back door is not, um, uh, it, it sounds like I'm, I'm saying a euphemism. Uh, you know, I'm all about the back door. No, uh, the back door is, is not some place where you hear knocking ever. And that really, that really took me by surprise. Um, I'm sorry, I got kind of taken away from that call for a second because, I mean, but it's Dave, it's cool. He's cool. But, um, oh, Krista. Krista actually said that um, she wanted to make it clear, she forgot to say it when she was on the call, that it was still sl slightly daylight. She could see the object. It wasn't completely pitch black dark and she could only see the dots of the UFO. She said, no, no. When she went out there and she looked out there and she saw it, it was light enough that they could see that it wasn't a blimp. So it definitely was not a blimp for you hardcore skeptics that are going to say it's a blimp. Sorry, it was not. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, if you guys are only listening to this after the fact, you guys are missing so much because there is a lot going on in the chat room. But 
I'm going to pause the calls for a second if I can figure out how to do that. All right, I'm turning off the calls for just a second because I want to get back to... Whoops, that's not what I wanted to do. There we go. I want to get back to the bullshit tying Trump to John Teeter that I was talking about a minute ago. Before I do, I want to go through and read some of these chats. Um, yeah, no one better knock at that back door. You are 100% Lauren. Back door, not a place. I'm keeping my back door secure more than you guys know. Um, <laughs> yes, see, Todd and Jamie know all about my back door. It's all we talk about. Um, oh, also, Dave, if you're watching, that's for you. Um, anyhow. I want to go back to this batshit crazy theory about Donald Trump and John Teeter. Oh, I forgot to play my, okay, the phone is open. Well, I'll play that next episode. Okay, like I said, Trump, Donald Trump himself has been connected to John Teeter in a newish theory. Newish in the past few years since he's been president. Before there was John Teeter, there was... Nikola Tesla. And if you haven't heard They Might Be Giants' song about Tesla, you definitely need to listen to that. Maybe I'll make that the ending song for this episode. Um, <laughs> no, Kelly. No, thank you. Uh, so Tesla, who many thought made a death ray, which I am one of those people, and possibly made a time machine. I'm not sure if I believe that one yet. Um, I believe he definitely had the ability to affect things with electricity and those things could be time and um, Madman Markham that was on Art Bell's show definitely, in my opinion, kind of built upon what Nikola Tesla was doing and did make a time machine. So I'm going to say maybe he made a time machine. Well, after Tesla's death, his nephew, Sava Kosnovic, Kosnovic? Sure, why not? found out and found out that, that Tesla had died. He ran over to Tesla's room at the Hotel New Yorker. And the story goes that by the time he arrived, Tesla's body had already been removed. And he thought that someone had actually gone through Tesla's stuff, including technical papers that Sava had seen that were now missing. And most importantly, a black notebook that Tesla had on him at all times was now gone. And that notebook had several hundred pages. And Sava said some of which were marked government. So the notebook's gone. Tesla's body was gone. So what did the government do? The government called an electrical engineer with the National Defense, National Defense Research Committee of Scientific Research and Development and MIT professor a man named Dr. John G. Trump. That's right. The uncle of Donald Trump. All right, so this batshit crazy theory goes that John Trump continued Tesla's work. They had all of his notebooks. They had all of his papers. And this is true. That, that part of it is true. Dr. John Trump did show up to Tesla's apartment. Tesla's papers and notebooks and a big trunk of his stuff, boom, gone. All of that is true. Tesla's body moved, gone. That is true. But 
This crazy batch of theory is that John Trump continued Tesla's work and left everything to his nephew, Donald Trump. Now there is no proof at all. There's no proof at all that John Trump continued Tesla's work and passed it off to Donald Trump. But the theory goes that Donald Trump, who we know for a fact goes by a few nicknames, especially before he became president. He went by John Barron and John Miller when he did press about himself. When people would call and say, we want to do an interview with Donald Trump, there's recordings of it. You can hear him and you can, it's true. Donald Trump would say his name is John Barron and he's Trump's press secretary or assistant or whatever, or John Miller and say the same things that he represents Donald Trump. And would you like to do an interview with Donald Trump? So that part is true, but many people said he used another name that also had John in it. John Teeter. He used his uncle's work that was given to him and he traveled to the future. And what he saw and what he learned from being in the future in 2036, he said he came back to the present. Basically, he became the president to try and stop what he saw in the future, what he learned in the future. But by doing so, he actually became the president that causes everything he was trying to avoid. Oh, yes, James K. Polk, you are correct. So basically, I think personally this gives Trump way too much credit and forethought, but that's the theory. There is a batshit crazy theory, and it is gaining in popularity on reputable sites that say that Donald Trump is John Teeter. He went to the future to try and get rich, trying to figure out what he could do, try to basically pull a Back to the Future 2, and in pulling a Back to the Future 2, instead of being the Marty McFly or the Doc, he became the Biff, which is very funny because Biff is actually based on Donald Trump. So it's a big old circle. You go down this crazy rabbit hole, you got to put your tinfoil hat on. But speaking of tinfoil hatters, they say that Trump Tower got hit by lightning the day that Trump was elected. And there's a photo of it. I'm going to say, I don't know if that's true grain assault time. There is a photo that shows Trump tower getting hit by lightning the day Trump got elected. Seems like, um, seems like a biblical thing to me, but I don't know if that is true, but I want to go into this theory. Okay. <laughs> I got to take these off for a second. All righty. Let's see. So John Trump, who later died in 1985, but not before leaving Tesla's notes and other implications to the protection to his beloved nephew, Donald Trump. Around the same time period, Donald Trump was known to use pseudonyms as John Miller and John Barron in partial homage to his uncle. And he had another homage, John Teeter. He traveled to the future. He began posting to several forums and because he traveled to the future, he was amassing a fortune, making subtle changes which helped him delay the future he saw for as long as he could, but ultimately causing the future that he saw. So I'm going to, I'm just scrolling through, um, 
Yes, thank you, Kurt. It is a nice shirt. And um, God, no, I do not need a matching hat to this one. Um, that is, Sean is saying, perhaps that'll explain a different Sean. Sean Kelly was saying, perhaps it'll explain why so much of what he says doesn't seem to make any sense. He's acting on future knowledge. That is exactly what these tinfoil hat wearers are saying. He seems to be so random and batshit crazy, but he's doing it because of that. Um, I don't like the fact that this new Facebook just bumped me off of there. So let me go back to this page. All right. He's sticking with this page. So they go on to say that there are different Mike Pence's as well, or rather copies of him that were sent back to the past by Pence Prime and Trump in order to infiltrate the lives of political enemies before they ever become political enemies. Indeed, there are many such enemies, none of which you have heard of, who have met their demise or fell into obscurity long before they become a threat to Trump. Um, yeah, this, this rabbit hole that you can go down goes really deep. One of the levels that it goes down to... Um, Trump is the one who actually discredited Bill Clinton, which actually discredited Hillary Clinton, which made him president. He knew about that all, all the time. There's another one that says um, Trump did go back in time to awaken Keck, K-E-K, by accident to receive his blessings and become Keck himself. Basically, they're saying that he went back to Egyptian times. He just kind of started bouncing around throughout time, making... Trump, what he is today, but in turn, instead of being the savior of Earth, he has become the the Damien of Earth, if you will. The uh, the worst things possible. Uh, it is a very batshit crazy theory that a lot of people said that explains why he named his son Baron. There's also a connection to a book named Baron Trump, a movie named Baron Trump back in the past as well. Uh, it just keeps going and going and going to the point where your brain hurts. Yes, Sean, yes, your brain hurts after going through this. But ultimately, they're saying that John Teeter was actually Donald Trump and that he was trying to save us and in his stupidity, if you will, caused what he was trying to stop. Um, Sean Bishop, I'm so glad to see that you're on here. Um... You have to listen to the beginning because I talked about some, you know, John Teeter theories and how they relate to current events, as you and I both know oh so well in many of our texts. Um, yeah, I agree, Richard. My brain is boiling as well. So with that, I'm going to stop the Donald Trump talk. Done. Over. I'm going to turn the phones back on. Phones are back on. I just had to give you guys this little theory, this John Teeter theory. And if I was going to do it, I was going to do it right. And I was going to explain the entire 2020 John Teeter theory through the end, through the weird, crazy tinfoil hat bullshit as well. He has become the very thing he sought to destroy. James K. Polk, you are correct. We have now made the Antichrist trying to stop the Antichrist, if you will. Um, and again, think what you want to think about Donald Trump. That doesn't change what is happening to the world today. Remove the Donald Trump part of it out of there. Something is happening. Thank you, James. Anytime. Um, something is happening out in the world where evil is run amok. People are scared. People are worried. 
people are depressed. I had to take that whole I was going to I was going to do another one of these live shows over the weekend. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, I was kind of drained from doing the show or not from doing the show. I was kind of drained by this whole fucking news cycle that I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do one this weekend. I'm too burnt out. I just needed a little like me time, a little stitch time. And that's what I did. I apologize. I didn't get another one, but, um, I agree. I personally think he is, he is not smart enough to, well, actually, I don't know, Sean, you've got to think about it. If he was given a, a, a time machine, he would do, he would pull a, a Marty McFly and try to do it for monetary gain and fuck it up and become Biff. I can kind of get behind that part of it. Speaking of the fact, Back to the Future, would you say he biffed it? Yes, I would, Lauren. Yes, yes, I would. Um, but again, the world as a whole, something bad's going on. I personally think Sean's call last week was 100% spot on. I know he's my friend. I know I love him. But I think he was 100%, 100% spot on. We seem to be in the darkest timeline. However we got there and however we get out of it, we seem to be in the darkest timeline. That is why us as a group, you listening to this now live, you guys, and you listening to it recorded whenever, we have to come together as a group. What the fuck is going on in my backyard? We have to come together as a group and we have to make sure that whatever it is that's happening stops happening and we got to come, we got to rise above it. We're going to get through this, you and me and all of us. It's upsetting as shit. It is terrible, but we need the good in the world. That's you guys. You guys are saying that's me, but I personally think it's you guys. So let's get through this together. Let's get off that shitty topic. Um, if you guys have ever had any premonitions, if you guys have ever had any psychics that were correct, pardon me, if you've ever talked to a psychic and they happen to turn out to be a correct, and again, not a scattershot bullshit, allegedly, uh, psychic like John Edwins, but like a real psychic, I want to hear from you guys right now. If you guys have ever seen a UFO, a demon, black-eyed child, a uh, angel, anything paranormal, I want to hear from you guys. You're right. Sean um, Wagner was saying we were warned of a spiritual war a few years ago, and it does seem to be happening. That is true, 100%. Um, and thank you, Susan. I did need to take that little time for me and Stitch, and it did seem to help because I'm back. I love you guys, and you guys are the best. Could the many overlapping timelines be causing this brain, his brain to fail? <laughs> Ooh, we've got a caller. Hold, please. Damn new phone. Caller, you are on the air. Hi, Fran. Hey, Fran, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I'm very good. Good, I'm glad to hear it. I, I was actually like really interested in your because I love like the weird series, so I was totally on board. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. I was really afraid. I thought this might this one might be kind of bad to do, so I'm really glad that you 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 were enjoying it. Yeah, no, I'm like always like the crazy girls, you know, like weird governmental theories and stuff, and they're like, what are you even talking about? And I'm like, oh no, like this is totally like something that happened is gonna happen. And so yeah, I was like. 
All right, so since you're interested in it, let me ask you a question. Do you think that we can get out of this darkest timeline? Oh, um, I think we will because humans, that's what we do. Like, as human beings, we overcome and over and, like, adapt to things. It's just how we're going to come from it. So you've got, you know, your Holocaust and the Spanish flu and all of these, like, really horrific events in our history. Oh, the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl. Uh, in American history, you have all these really horrific things that have happened in American history. It's how we come back from it. It's they're very life changing, and so something huge will have changed for us. Whether it's some kind of politics, the way that we do politics, or it's probably me, right? It's probably me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's going there's some kind of big change will result from this, but we'll adapt and overcome, and but it, it'll result in another big change, and it happens every, you know, 100 years or so, or there's just some kind of big event that changes life as we know it, and we're just a part of it this time. It's not something any of us have lived through, and, you know, for our 30s, 40s, 50s. My grandma's in our 80s, so she lived, um, she was in Czechoslovakia during World War II. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so she had some stories. Um, her farm was taken from her as, as a kid, and she walked by a concentration camp. On a oh, no. To, yeah, the grocery store, and they used to throw muffins over the fences to the people that were hungry. Um, but And they were kids. They didn't know any better. They were just people wanted food so they just threw their food over so she's one of those crazy grandmas when you walk in like you have to eat and you eat everything on your plate because like hunger was a thing for her um so she's sort of like this is like a thing like she did not like waiting in line at the grocery store when the you know it first kind of hit but um i think it's just something we haven't experienced in our generation and Things will change, and whether it's healthcare or politics or sure, but we'll adapt yeah. and we'll yeah we'll adapt and overcome. And in fifty years, I think some government documents will probably come out that something bad, something bad that the government's not telling us will finally come out, like with JFK or the Cheney documents from nine eleven or oh yeah no you know, or Project Blue Book. Project um, MK Ultra. Sure. Those, you know, there's always something that finally they're like, okay, yeah, you got us. Have you ever heard um, my my story about the about being in Dallas and the JFK stuff? I don't think I have. Like, so I'm, I'm kind of like I kind of bounce around on the podcast. So some of them I'm like I know really really well, and then some of them I'm like, oh, I don't. No, 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 it's fine. After I get off this call with you, I'll take the phone off of, I'll put it the phone on Do Not Disturb and I'll tell my JFK story because um, J- the JFK stuff is, I, I mean, I have a Lee Harvey Oswald newspaper right there and a JFK newspaper and Robert Kennedy stuff. It is something that is very, very close to my heart. Um, 
I really, really, for whatever reason, I don't even know why I really got into it. It's probably because of my trip to Dallas, but I'll save that for after your call. So everybody that's listening, I will have a, if you've heard it already, fuck you. It's a good story. You guys got to hear it again. All right. So anyhow. Oh, for sure. And you and I will have to talk, you know, some other time about dead cakes. I was the same way. I have like bucks and documentaries. Nice. And <laughs> I was really into it too. But that's, uh, so my psychic story, why I called. Um, so my dad passed away uh, when I was five in 1988. Uh, and my mom, in the early 90s, uh, when we were in Gulf, uh, the Gulf War, the first Gulf War, I guess is what they call it, uh, my stepdad was over there in Iraq. And she started going to a psychic. She went to a psychic party. Um, these were really popular in the 90s. I don't know if people know about it, but um, basically the psychic would come to someone's house and do a reading for a mass of people for a fee. And then she was apparently so good that my mom started seeing her regularly, like a hairdresser or getting her nails done, but as a psychic. And the psychic would keep the call or the, the reading and my mom would take my sister and I so I was probably eight-ish maybe ten at the oldest but she would take us to her house and we would sit in the living room and play Nintendo old school Nintendo the very first one nice and they would they would go in another room and they would take the call so one night we go and do this and then we get back in the car and we're in the car and we're driving and the radio station just starts flipping through all of the stations at rapid speed. Really? Like holding, yes, like someone is holding down the speed button. And this is the middle of winter because I remember my mom saying, the wires must be cold. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm a kid, so I'm like, ah, makes perfect sense to me. Sure, yeah, that's what happens when wires get cold, yeah. Yeah. Totally, I think perfect sense. So then we we get home. We actually we were in a McDonald's drive-through, um, and so we get home. And when we walk in, we always left like one light on because it was dark. But when we walk in, every light in the entire house is now on. Every single room, every lamp, every lamp, or and every you guys, light in the entire house. And you guys didn't leave them on. No, we always left one on. It was like a little lamp that was in the living room. Because you walked into, I guess it would be considered like a foyer. I don't It was like just a little tiny hallway. Um, but it opened out into the living room. So you could leave this little lamp on, and it was enough light that you weren't walking into the dark. Um, so as soon as you walk in, immediately every light is on. That's like the first thing when you pulled up. You could see the light in my room, the light in my room, the garage light, every light was on. And then every single TV is on full blast volume. Oh, wow. And it's, and it's on channel uh, on channel 2. It's on snow. And if anybody remembers, I'm totally dating myself here, like the old I am. Uh, back when cable was a, a thing that you screwed into the back of your TV, Sure, yeah. You had to have it on channel three. You had to have it on that channel. If you went on any other channel, got static. Yep. So every TV in the house is on static. 
Every TV is full blast. The other thing is that we had um, another, you know, cool thing that we had. Uh, we had a really nice stereo system that had a record player, a CD player, a tape deck, and then the actual tuner for the radio. So we always had the CD changer on, and you would have to hit a button to go to the different functions. The function was changed to the radio tuner, and it was on a static station, so somewhere in between uh, a regular station, and it was also full blast. Just blaring. And at this point, I can tell that my mom is freaked out, but she's doing the mom thing where everything's fine, this normal, like I left it this way, and she just goes through and she shuts everything off, and we go, you know, about our night like it's totally normal, but I can just tell that she's very freaked out. And well, sure, rightfully so freaked out, yeah. Yeah, she didn't sleep that night, and it was, you know, just a, a very weird night, and so eventually life goes back to normal. Well, the next time we see the psychic, the psychic talks to me. Well, she was always very friendly to me, but she had never really, like, um, talked to me about anything real. It was always like, you know, how are you? How's school? Just little things you talk to kids about. But the next time we see her, she asked me, so did you get the message your dad sent you? Oh. And I was like, um... I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and just a little bit of a backstory. So I was five, I was very, very close to my dad. Um, but I never saw him as a ghost or he never came to me in dreams. Um, but my sister did, who was three. Uh, and I was very, very jealous that she had some kind of dream where she saw him. And I did not. Um, and so she said, yeah, you guys left last time. Dad was trying to communicate with you. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I don't, nothing happened. And she, then she said, like, white noise, which was the first time I'd ever heard that term. You know, I'm eight, nine, ten years old. Um, the white noise is a way that spirits will try to communicate with you. Yeah, very true, he yes. Was, he was using, or according to her, he was using white noise. And so the stereo in the car, the stereo in the house, the TVs, he was trying to use these things to communicate with me and... Uh, I never heard any messages. I never got anything. It was just sort of very scary and odd. But um, she said that he was trying to communicate. And then um, just another little side story about her. Um, my grandma, who is a very, just if you think of a very stereotypical old German woman, that is my grandmother. Sure. Um, now, did now, now when they when they told you that like, hey, sure. did you did you get a you know did you get the message from your dad? 
they didn't have any information prior. You didn't like put on like, hey, there was weird static and when we got home, everything was on. No. Nothing like that. No. This is like as soon as we got there for her normal reading, like I said, this was like the way you would see your hairdresser. They made an appointment at the same time that she got done. This is a normal schedule. Hey, we're coming in. And so when we first got there, we took our cuts off, like, hi, how are you? And then she was like, oh, hey, Fran, did you get the message that your dad sent you last time? Oh, wow. So right away, like, just bam, right off the bat, hey, did you get this? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Right, right away, focused in on me and was like, hey, and, like, you could tell that my mom was visibly upset. Like, my mom is one of those people that will not tell you she's upset, but her whole demeanor changes immediately. Like, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. And, like, uncomfortable, and you don't want to be around her, because she doesn't want to be around you, and that was, like, how she was. Like, she didn't want to talk about it. So I don't know if maybe she heard something that I didn't, because I was a kid and not really paying attention, but she didn't want to talk about it. Sure. My mom did did not want to talk about that <clears throat> and this lady was so good and she always taped them so somewhere there is a treasure trove of tape really where yes where this lady was just nailing things oh um, i want to hear this was, i know but she was so great that my grandma went and there is a tape and she, whatever she said was so good, my grandma has never let anybody hear the tape. Oh, wow, really? Yes. Like, we are all dying to hear this tape. She won't talk about it. She won't hear it. Like, it's somewhere in her box of goodies somewhere that, you know, when the day comes, hopefully far, far away. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm sorry for that, but but I gotta say, like, I, and again, I I'm with you one thousand percent. I want this to be far, far, far off. <laughs> but I would love to when when that day eventually does come, somewhere far in the distance, um, if you if you feel like you're comfortable with with sharing, I would love to hear or do an episode about this kind of stuff because this really is intriguing me. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. As soon as I can get a hold of those tapes, I will listen to them and keep everybody posted on it. I would say, you know, Haley, I talk about Haley a lot. Um, she's been listening to the episode with me tonight. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's cool. Wait, what's your name? Yeah. Haley? Her name's Haley. Been listening to tonight's episode with me. Um, Hi, Haley. Hi, how are you? Welcome to uh, Paranormal Almanac. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, she's she's also really close with my mom and my grandma. Um, she also knows the story about the, the tapes and has been dying. Like, she's been working on her too, and she's like, I'm your favorite. Just, you know, can't I listen to it? And yeah. She gets. She gets nowhere with it. Like, whatever is on the scene is so accurate and has her 
What the hell? This is like Nostradamus level stuff that 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 could help us all. Okay, and, I, I said I want to listen to it, but if you listen to it and you and, and she mentions Kurt at Paranormal Almanac and it's bad stuff, don't tell me. I know. I'm like, I can't imagine what is on this tape that is so bad that she doesn't want anybody to know, but it's, it is a top secret for her. Oh. She does not. She does not keep secrets. Like, we are all in on everything. I, I can't, I don't even have a guess. Oh, my God. You have me so intrigued as to what is on this tape that can be that worthy of, can't even mention it, don't want to talk about it, don't worry about it. Yep. Good. Good. Now, welcome to our world of the early 90s that we've all been living with since the early 90s. Just, you know, my mom. That's well, a good. My mom took her. She was a psychic, so my mom's been living with it for much longer than I have. Wow. Now that's a good point. Susan said it might have scared her so badly that she doesn't want to share it. Do you think that that's the case? That it was so, whatever it was said was so scary that she's like, nope, I don't want anyone to know about this. Um, I, I do think that, and I do know, like, we have other friends, um, like family friends who went to this lady, and everyone has told me that. This lady was the real deal. Okay. So she, she nailed it, and, you know, there was not things that she got wrong. She talked about um, things that have happened with my sister and I as adults, and just... Well, all right, she so... Was really good. Is she still around? She is not. She did pass away from, from cancer. Yeah. Um, she would have been one that I would have... Well, she Oh, yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, I will hit her up. I will pay her whatever. I want a reading. But yeah. Yeah, damn it. Of course not. Yeah. Of, of course. You know, and like I said, she was very nice to my sister and I when we were little. Um, and we were like eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. And my mom went for a very long time. She told my mom, um, one of the things that I know she told my mom was that my stepdad would come home from Iraq, but that was not the one for her. Oh, wow. And, yep, and she was right. They they stayed together for, I think they were together about seven years before they split up, and she was right. He wasn't what was her, but... What was her name? What was the psychic's name? Oh, I, I don't even remember. Margaret? We were so, so little. Was it Margaret? I have no idea. No, no idea? Okay. No. Someone, someone said, true. is it possible, Margaret? Well, you know what? I, this has been amazing. Thank you so, so much. Unfortunately, we have hit a Stitch Needs to Go Potty Break um, part of the show. So, unfortunately, that, that trumps this. Thank you so, so much for calling. I really do appreciate this. Of course, of course, anytime. I totally love what you guys are doing. So, thank you to all of your callers and your chat room people and are you kidding thank you thank you for calling all right uh, i'm gonna let you go stay safe and you're amazing thank you so much for this call all righty guys it's that time
Holy crap! I did it. I, I almost matched that perfectly. Alrighty, Stitch and I are back. How awesome was that call? Holy crap! I want to know what's on that tape. Like, seriously, I want to know what's on that tape. Um, That was incredible. Uh, hey, uh, David, my grandma's name is Margaret as well. Um, she's alive and well and lovely and, and trapped in a nursing home in Michigan, but she is the best and I love her to no end. Alrighty. Um, seriously, friend, that was an incredible story. I want to know what's on that tape. See, this is what I'm saying. Look, I try to, um, I was telling this to Lauren McCune before the show. I really try to plan these shows to like, oh, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about that. But the shows just go in their own direction and frankly, a way better direction than I could ever plan. And honestly, I think, I think I like that, 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 uh, that plan. Um, while I was on that call, everybody was worried cause I was looking around. I was not looking around cause I kept hearing stuff outside. I was looking around because there were dogs walking by and I was afraid Stitch was going to do exactly what Stitch was doing, which was bark at a dog walking by. Whatever was knocking at the back door hasn't done it again since I just went back there with Stitch. Nobody back there. Backyard safe and secure. Fence is safe and secure. Gate is safe and secure. So, but, um, but yes. So, um, Fran, uh, oh, another caller. Fran, thank you so much for calling. That was fantastic. Uh oh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. God damn it. Stupid phones being stupid. Okay, you are on the air, hopefully. Hello? Hello? Crap! Whoever that was, call me back. Um, that was my phone being really weird and not answering. Hopefully, there we go. I cleared all the other stuff. Um, it was because I had a bunch of texts and stuff that made it really hard for me to answer. But please call me back, whoever that was that was just trying to call. Um, I want to chat with you. If you want to chat with me, if you have a paranormal story or whatever, please call me back. That was just, that was a bunch of texts and other stuff that had blocked that call. So please, please call me back. Um, again, if you guys aren't um, watching this live, there is so much going on in the chat on top of what is going on. I guess you guys could watch this back. I mean, I'm saving... Almost all of these. There's only one episode I didn't save for very obvious reasons that people who are watching it live will know. But here we go. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Yes. This is Kurt. You're on the air. Hey, Kurt. It's Andy. Hey, how you doing, Andy? Hey, how you doing, man? Good to talk to you again. <laughs> Pretty good. Um... So, it doesn't really have to relate, but it's like, um, psychics and stuff like that. No, 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 any, bit. no, any paranormal topic, sure. Um, so, I, um, my fiance, uh, her aunt, let's just say for argument purposes, uh, she came over one day, just out of the blue, uh, the day after, actually, I uh, I got that EVP on my podcast. Yes, 
Which I did listen to. Yeah, that's that definitely sounds like they're. Yeah, no, that's an EVP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, she she just doesn't show up here. First off, she showed up out of the blue. You know, dropped something off and talked to us for a little bit. And uh, I showed her that. She's like, "Yeah, you definitely got something there." And it's not malicious. I mean, obviously, you know. Um, little background, she does kind of, she believes in a lot of the stuff. I wouldn't call her a witch or anything like that, but she's dabbled in stuff like that. So, um, what do you mean she's dabbled? Hold on, I want to know more about that. I want to deep dive that part of it. Uh, dabbled. Uh, she's, she's done seances and, you know, protects her home by doing all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, I'd yeah, say that's it, dabbling, I, yeah. Yeah, I could get into a whole different stories, but uh, the whole thing I was trying to get on to was, I, I let her listen to it and blah, blah, blah. And we always had good conversations about, you know, the paranormal, if you will. Sure. And uh, I told her, I don't 100% believe in... Um, reincarnation um why do, wait did, why, wait why do you think that i i was raised um christian okay sure all right but i said to her if i did i know i've had several lives and she kind of just nodded to me and uh and i said to her I'm just tired. I don't want to be here anymore. Oh, no. She turns to me. Yeah. Uh, I, just something came out and openly said that to her. And uh, she's like, you got a few more goes. Oh, whether you like it or not, you got a few more goes. Yeah, you, you got a few more times on this earth. <laughs> really? What do you think about yeah. what do you think about that? Do you are you are you bummed that you have a, a few more go arounds? Uh, deep inside, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> hey, but, uh, who knows? Maybe but, the next go around will be very bizarre. I mean, it's not necessarily that you're going to be a, a, a guy or a girl. You could be a squirrel. You could be something. You never know. Right, right. Uh, but he said to me, you know, your purpose isn't quite a hundred percent fulfilled. Really? Did she go on to say why she thought that? Um, no, but I'll probably get out of her eventually. <laughs> I hope so. If you do, please let me know what she says. I'm very interested why she's so convinced right. that you have a few go-arounds. That, that, that's a very specific response to that. Yeah. Oh, I, um, remember the story I told last time I was on? Sure, yeah. Uh, about the demon that came in my dorm room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The connection that might have happened before that is um, there was a suicide the week we got there. Um, really? To, to our, to our dorms, yeah. Um, probably a month previous to when it actually happened. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so there was suicide.
died actually two floors above me in my dorm. Holy crap. So that is a good chance of being a very good connection to that. And all I can think is if I have any connection, which I probably do with whatever is going on with ghosts and stuff, that it was more attracted to me than anything else. What makes you think that? Um, yeah, well, like I said, um, my sister and my mother and most of my family members are sensitive. Sure. Wait, wait, let me ask um, you a question. I don't think I've asked you this, and if I have, I apologize. I don't recall your answer, but do you think that you say that they have a connection? Do you think that you have a connection as well? I'm pretty sure. What what makes you think you have a connection more so than say me or the regular Joe on the street? Um a good example was I was staying at my dad's house and I know the house was haunted to begin with. Um and a I, I was sleeping on the couch and it, I wasn't quite fully asleep, but I wasn't quite fully awake. Uh huh. Um, not sleep paralysis. Just I was conscious that uh, of my surroundings, and it felt like somebody came up to me and didn't talk to me specifically, but I could see like their face and stuff like that. And what did they look like? So that they. Uh, it, it was an older lady. Oh, really? So someone you didn't recognize? Yeah. Somebody I didn't recognize, uh, but they, they, it felt like they've owned the house before. Interesting. You know, um, like, not that I was invading, but that this was their place before. Did you try you to know? look in to see who owned the place before you? Um, I did not. Uh, I know my dad's kind of done some looking into it yeah um, they don't they didn't say that there was any deaths in the house but he's probably he's like I'm pretty sure there was sure um and just of old age and stuff like that oh sure and, and that's was, what I was gonna say even if there was really no deaths in the house I mean there could be somebody that lived in that house for you know whatever 40 plus years and then went to a hospital and died and still have a connection to that house exactly yeah um, there's, there's a hundred stories I can tell about the house, uh, like from disembodied places to people whispering in other people's ears. Oh, really? Um, so this is a very active there. house. It, uh, it comes in waves. Um, like if somebody's upset for a very long time or there's kind of like depression in the house, it's hard. And then... You know, sometimes light just comes into the house and it's gone. Now, so. have you ever, and, and I doubt you have, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have you ever tried to to keep a record of when when it comes in these waves? Are the waves always at the same time of the year? Is it is it a residual haunting? Is it something that spikes at a certain date or anything like that? Um. 
the only indication that I can see that it's not a residual haunting is the fact that everything changes if, like, me seeing the ghost at the top of the stairs there. Sure. Um, I don't I don't live there, so I can't keep good record of it. Oh, yeah, that's a good um, point, yeah. Yes. I mean, I was there today, and there was nothing there that I could, you know, tell. Sure. Um, but when things are tense in the house, you can tell there's bad energy all over the place. Now, do you think uh, the whole house has bad energy, or is it, is it specific spots in the house? Uh, there's specific spots in the house. Uh, the bottom of the stairs is one of them, uh, where, you know, the little girl, you know, washes from the top of the stairs. There's something, uh, I told you that comes, was going into my sister's room. Yeah. She doesn't live there anymore either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, where she saw the, uh, what was it, three shadow people in her quote-unquote dream. Um, so we're at the end of her bed. Do you think, do you, all right. So you think that something is connected to this house. Do you think something that negative is connected to this house, but do you think anything positive is connected to this house as well? Or is it only the negative? Um, I, I, I think it's positive and negative. It just feeds off the negative energy. Yep. Yep. Um, like my dad and my sister were out in the garage working on something one night. And, uh, they stopped talking for a minute and my sister's like, do you hear that? And there's a basement to the garage, actually. It's like a small basement. And it sounded like a person having a conversation with another person, but it was kind of like drowned out almost. Really? Yeah. And, um, there's plenty of things I could go on and on and on about. Like, one time my dad was in the kitchen making a sandwich. He heard his name called and he's, he, you know, it was so vivid, he turned around and was like, what? <laughs> and nobody was standing there. Oh, wow. So it is not like, it is not like a, a whisper. It is a, what? Come on, what? Yeah, like, he, he was like, you know, he heard his name called and he's like, what? What, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me ask you this. Time. So when you, how often do you get over to the house? Is it, is it very or? Um, I was there today and I'll probably be there this weekend. Okay, so you don't have to, but if you want to, what I would like you to do is, can you, if you have a little pocket recorder, if you don't get a little voice recorder app on your phone and just hit record again if you want to. You don't, if you want to say like, no, it's a lot of work. I don't blame you. But if you want to, pardon me, do that, and then listen back and see if we can catch anything, any more EVPs, any more data. Because I think honestly, I think the more data that we can get on this will 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 only help, will only benefit us. So again, if you want to, I personally would love to love for you to secretly record stuff put you know press record not your not your family not real people but but the the spiritual people right. the the you know the the ghost people if you will um i would love to see what you catch if they don't know you're recording 
and you get something, I think that would be phenomenal evidence. Because if you go in there and you went, well, I'm going to record now, Dad. This guy that's on this fucking stupid podcast told me to record. No, I want you to be like, I want to go there. I'm going to hit record, put it in my pocket, not tell anybody, put it on the desk, not tell anybody, and see what you guys get. And and I think, or see what you get. I think it'd be really interesting to see if you get anything. I, uh, I actually talked to him about this. Um, and I'm like, what if you punch the house? Why don't you set up a camera at the, the bottom of the stairs? Blah, 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 blah. Right? And he's like, yeah, I would if I wasn't living there. <laughs> you know? Um, sure, sure. Yeah, totally of course. All about it. And he even was like, when, you, when I got the EVP on the podcast, he's like, you should just set up your, rec- your recording equipment to play overnight. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool and all. I get the same idea, you know, but it's my house. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to keep finding these things to, you know, do more and more and more and more. Well, that is true. That is true. There's, I mean, I have tried the whole press record on a recorder, put it obviously on my nightstand and go to bed but I think I'm very, I'm too obvious with it. And whatever it is, is like, come on, man, not even going to happen. And then there's also the other side of me that when I got up and pressed play, I was like, oh, for the love of God, please don't have anything be there. Please don't have any, I got to live here. I don't right. want to deal with that shit. Yeah. Right. Right. And you, you don't know, sometimes it's going to invite things that you don't want. Oh, a hundred percent. That's the other thing. And a lot of people say this to me about this show is they're like, hey, man, you can't do this show because doing this show is inviting this shit to you. And I get that, right. and I agree with that, but I've got enough protections, and and frankly, I'm looking at Todd on this one to protect me. I've got enough friends that know enough shit to protect me. I think I'm okay. Um, holy shit, people are trying to do a Paranormal Almanac spinoff podcast while we're talking. I see what you're doing. I'm on to you. I want to, I want to cut of that, but no, like I honestly, like, do you really want to like, look, I want evidence. I want all the evidence I can get. Do I want the evidence in my house? Nah, I don't know. That's too close to home. Right. If I was living with highly active ghosts, it would be one thing. Sure. it's another thing when it's not that active and you're searching for it and it becomes more active. That's exactly and it. And gets out of control. And gets out of control. Exactly. Can you control it? Can you, can you, can you stop whatever it is at a certain point and be like, okay, that's enough. I'm good. That's exactly as far as I wanted it to go. And if you can't, you got to live with that. Right. Exactly. Um, there was something you were saying earlier, um, and I, I totally lost train of thought because I'm my third drink. But <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's it, it. I wished I could get that type of stuff, and I would definitely go out and seek it from somewhere else. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, I'm all about going. I'm all about going to haunted locations. I love going to haunted locations. There's one before this shit happened that um, that is incredibly haunted. I was invited to do a live podcast at this location. Eventually, I'll go to it. Eventually, this shit will stop and I'll be able to go to it. But I love going 
to those locations, but I like coming back home and dealing with the ghost that I have that just turns on TVs or knocks over something. I don't care about that, but I don't want to I don't want to increase the level of bullshit that I got to deal with on a daily basis. Exactly. Exactly. I already get the cabinet in the uh, bathroom slamming every once in a while and my name being called. I don't need more shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't... Yep, I do not need any more than I already have at this moment. I know exactly what you mean. So... All right. So... You, all right, so you noticed this paranormal stuff going. Obviously, your dad noticed it because he said, what, or what do you want, or whatever... Are they all, is everybody that's been in the house just kind of go, yeah, that's just the house. That's just what happens. Or do they go, ah, bullshit. I don't believe in that stuff. Um, no, everybody believes it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Except, probably except for my brother. Oh, um, he's a bit of, bit of a skeptic or. Um, he doesn't understand it. He's. Without being rude, he's um, on the other side of. Uh, uh, he doesn't get it. Let's okay. Put it that way. Sure. Yeah. 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 No. 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 I'm totally with you. I've got. Look, my brother. Uh, I have one brother who thinks that this is, the, this is the dumbest bullshit that I could ever talk about, and nobody could possibly be interested in paranormal almanac. Um, he's not a bad guy. I love my brother. I love both of my brothers, but I have one brother who's just like, that's just dumb. It's bullshit. None of it's true. And doesn't want to even think for a moment that any of it could be true. Um, no, he's, um, he's, uh, not, he's not always all there. Okay, sure. No, no, no. That's totally fine. I, that's, you know, you don't have to go any, any deeper into that. But uh, he, he realizes that when he hears his name called, he doesn't have to come downstairs unless he's 100% sure it was his name being called. Oh, interesting. So even though even though that that is the case, he knows that there is times where his name is being called that is not a person, it's if not you will. Anybody in, yeah. 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 Interesting. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he's... He's come downstairs a couple of times when I've been home, when I've been there. He's like, "Did anybody anybody call me? No. Okay. Then goes back upstairs <laughs> and just that's it. That's it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. really interesting. Hey, man. Again, um, I, I can't thank you enough for calling in. I can't thank you enough for messaging me. The EVP. I I'm with you, man. That is not. That is not that, you know, like some people say, hey, EVPs are just power of suggestion. If someone writes at the bottom of the screen what you're supposed to hear, you hear that. That is not the case with your EVP. It, had you not, have you just, had you just sent it to me and said, hey, listen to this. What do you think it's saying? I would have said, well, that's saying your name. Boom, done. Like instantly, not even a question in right. my mind. Yeah. Could, could you hear like the little murmuring behind my fiance? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There was, I, I, honestly, it sounds like someone was in there while you guys were talking, while you guys were trying to do a podcast, someone was in there talking in the background because I've had people talking in the background of my podcast and that's exactly what it sounds like. And it pisses me off because I'm like, hey, shut up. I'm trying to do a podcast. Right. 
And the weirdest thing is uh, you can hear in the podcast that I pause it and then say, sorry, I just came back. I went upstairs to check if my my soon-to-be mother-in-law was calling my machine. That's how, like, I could hear it that that well. I went upstairs and asked her, and she, she, was, she was completely asleep. Oh, sure. Oh, definitely. Like, so, so that, that, all right, that's a check mark. Like, that's not what that was. That wasn't a, that wasn't somebody saying my name. It wasn't, you know, like you were doing the, the scientific method, if you will, of what the fuck was that? Right. And then I, you know, I went around the table that you heard that, you heard that, you didn't hear that, but here, let me play it for you. And then we got back onto the show. Yeah. 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 See, that's the kind of stuff that I love where you're like, the hell was that? Is it this? No. Is it this? No. I don't know. All right, let's keep going. No, I'm 100% yeah, with you. Um, yeah. The only people that were awake besides, the only people that were awake were on the podcast. Boy, I mean, when you get down to it, all right, and then what? What's the explanation? What's the next skeptical explanation that you could have for something like that? Yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm totally with you. Sometimes you just can't explain something. and I mean, you can check off all the boxes of what it can't be. The only thing that it leaves is the unexplained. Right. Well, hey, man, thank you again so much for calling. I always appreciate this. Um, dude, I, I honestly, and I know I say that to just about everybody, but please, you have an open invitation to call me anytime. You're always a great talk. You always have a great story. It's very interesting. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Have a good night. Stay safe. Bye. I honestly, I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All righty. That was another great Andy call. I, and Jesus, man. And I'm not kidding. I'm not saying that just to, I don't blow smokes up people's ass. Like he sent me an EVP. I listened to it. I heard exactly what he heard and went, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain that. I wasn't there, so I can't say it was definitely an EVP, but I believe him. I believe his story. He has no reason to make up this story. It's unexplained. It is something very, very bizarre. All right, getting back to the chats real quick. Fran, um, anytime, not just Fran, all of you guys, but uh, if you're ever in Southern California especially around the Los Angeles area, you guys want to hang out and I'm available and there's not a pandemic. We can actually go out and have some fun. Yes. I have had the best experiences meeting up with fans like Emily and like Dan and like a bunch of other fans that I've met up with that have been so much fun. Um, yeah, say the word. I will gladly meet up. I think it's nothing but fun. But I owe you guys a JFK story. I was talking about that earlier. I've, I've said it on this podcast. I think it was this podcast before. I'm pretty sure I talked about it. Um, I was in Dallas doing... Actually, hold on. I'm going to turn off the phone. I, I don't want to be disturbed on this one. All right. Phone is off for a minute. I'll put it back on before I, before we... Oh, geez. It's already two hours and 20 minutes. You know what? This might be... That might be... That might have been... That's the perfect ending to a call. Andy, that was a great call. Thank you so much. Um... Uh, that is the perfect way to end the calls. So let me just tell you this, this JFK story real quick. Um, I was in Dallas for a national center for missing and exploited children conference. 
I was working at MySpace at the time. I was catching predators and pedophiles, the worst of the worst of humanity. Um, so I was invited to go out to this podcast or to this, sorry, to this convention for MySpace. While I was there, we we're right in Dallas. We we're like pretty fucking close. I could walk over to the Texas Book Depository. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to walk. I need time. I'm going over there. This is my one chance to be over there. I'm going over there and I'm going to have an experience. It's going to be awesome. So I went over there, walked through the Texas Book Depository, saw everything that I've always wanted to see. Because again, I'm a JFK assassination fanatic. Saw everything I wanted to see and was like, holy shit, that was amazing. That was the perfect day. Got back to the conference. There was a uh, a gentleman that was working the conference. He was a Dallas police officer. His first year on the force was when JFK was assassinated. He was there the day that JFK was... Well, he wasn't there, but he was working the day that JFK was assassinated. He worked on the JFK assassination. He was Dallas PD. And so... Uh, he said, yeah, what'd you do today? And I told him how much of a, you know, a fanatic I was and how amazing it was to be there and look down there. And he went, no, 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 no. Come with me. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you on a tour of Dallas, the real Dallas. If you like that. And so he, we got in a van, me and a coworker, a couple other people. I don't remember who the fuck doesn't care. doesn't matter. And this gentleman, we started driving around while he was driving around. He was telling us what happened that day. First year on the job, they find out that the president had been shot and killed. Holy shit. Go over there real quick. Everybody go over there. And they sent everybody over there to try and interview everybody they can to try and check the scene because there was no secret service. That the, or there was a secret service. There was no, I don't know, CIA's. I'm sorry. I've been drinking. There was no something, either a secret service or CIA or something at that time. There was both, but... Uh, enough of those at the time, there was no formal thing of what to do if, if, if a president got assassinated at that time in quote unquote modern society. So the police had the run of it. They were, they were the one doing the investigation. And he told me, he, he took me to the Texas book depository. We went up there. He unlocked the case or whatever you call it. I got to sit exactly where Oswald was when the shots went. He had me sit right there and look out the window right where Kennedy was shot. There's a big X on the ground. I was actually in the spot where he was killed. And he said, all right, Kurt, you saw the, you saw the tapes. Kennedy is coming straight down towards the Texas book depository, makes a left and starts to go away. If you were Oswald, where would you take the shot? And I went, oh, straight ahead straight ahead. I've got the perfect shot as he's getting closer. Boom, bam. He's dead. Boom, bam. And he's like, exactly. Why would anybody wait until after that point And they turn to take the shots that he took. Now, this guy said, Oswald took those shots. That's true. Oswald was there. That's true. He a hundred percent believes that Oswald took those shots and he thinks that Oswald hit him. That part is true, but he said, and you're right, he, Dallas PD thought they had jurisdiction over federal agents. 100% right, Fran, 100% right. But he said he was one of the people that investigated the grassy knoll. So he takes me down to the grassy knoll, to the spot where he was 
when Kennedy was shot. And he says, right here. And he points over this wall, right by the grass, you know, points over this wall. He said, there was footprints. There was cigarette butts. We took photos of the footprints. We have the cigarette butts. We had them. We took all this evidence. We saw the footprints go off. There was train tracks right there. It was the spot, the 100% spot to take out Kennedy and get the fuck out of there. The perfect spot. He said he personally thinks that the grassy knoll was exactly where a shot, the shot, not a shot, the shot came from that killed Kennedy. He says he had all of that information. He had all the, he talked to witnesses who saw, who, who you, you can watch it in the Zapruder film and a couple of other films where they duck down and they look over to the grassy knoll. He said there was somebody at that grassy knoll. That is not a theory. He thinks that is a hundred percent true that Oswald was involved. Oswald took a shot and got him once, but the shot that killed Kennedy came from the grassy knoll and he had all that evidence. Now here's the thing. When the CIA or Secret Service or whoever, I apologize, it's been 20 fucking years, 15 years since I've been told this story. He said when they came to him, they came to Dallas PD and they said, give us everything. Give us those notebooks. Give us that evidence. Give us those photos. They took everything from Dallas PD. They took everything from the people that were there that day. They took everything and boom, they were gone. And they basically said... It didn't happen. Oswald killed him. It didn't happen. So then this guy took me over and I apologize. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I'm sure I could find it. Um, he then took me over to the Dallas police station, the place where Oswald was killed. And he said, there is no good reason, no reason whatsoever that Oswald wasn't loaded up in the van down there where everybody else was loaded in the van. He took me down the ramp and everything. He showed me this spot where Oswald was killed. He said there was no reason that Oswald wasn't loaded into the van and got the fuck out of there right away. Why someone changed that because that wasn't standard operating procedure. Why someone changed that where Jack Ruby, who could just fucking be there and shoot Oswald for no reason in front of the press. He said there was no good reason for it other than it was tying up a loose end, 100% tying up a loose end. He actually knew the officer that Oswald shot um, coming out of the theater. So he said, Oswald, fuck that guy. He was guilty as hell, but there was somebody else. There was something more to it. Sorry, I had to take a drink. So there is a police officer who may not be alive anymore. This was, again, this was like 2005, 2006 when I was there. There was a police officer, the Dallas police officer, who was on the force at that time, never went on record, because when you go on record, that's when you bring up all the bullshit that you don't want to have brought up. He didn't. He wasn't looking for fame. He wasn't looking for glory. He was a cop. He was a lifelong cop and a great guy, too. He was awesome. We went and had drinks that night and everything. He was very, very, very cool. But he said, without a doubt, Oswald got a shot, but it wasn't the shot that killed Kennedy. The shot that killed Kennedy did come from the grassy knoll. He thinks there was a cover-up. He doesn't know who, who did it. He doesn't know why they did it. He didn't even care. But he said to, you know, in 2005, 
Oh yeah, no, 100%. This is exactly what happened. I had the best tour of Dallas and everything connected to Kennedy in Dallas from this one gentleman in a van with a couple other people randomly on this this con- this convention for predators and pedophiles that happened yearly. And he was very high up in this organization, in this um, National Center for Mixed and Exploiting Children um, uh, conference. It was absolutely incredible to be there and have things confirmed for me from somebody who was there. Not some crackpot, not some tinfoil hat wearing dumbass. A, a guy that was there working it on the beat that year when it happened and said, yes, you're right. There is more to the story. And he personally thinks we will never know what happened. We will never know. It's not going to be 2025 or 2030 or whatever. He said, this story's not going to get out. Why would it? What would it ever benefit anybody to have this story get out, to have this evidence get out? What happened to JFK's brain? Like, there is real stuff. People can say all of this shit like, oh, yeah, like Penn and Teller did a whole episode on bullshit about could Oswald have gotten off the shots? Yes, he could have. 100% could have. Where he was at, I sat there. I was right there. I personally think I could have got one. I I know I could have got him once. I don't think I could have got him three times or twice, but I could have got him once. It wasn't that far when you're sitting right there from his point of view. But again, why did he wait for them to come at him, turn left and go far away? That makes no sense. A lot of what this guy was saying, a experienced, very cool police officer why would he wait till that point to make the shot? Why would you wait? If you're trying to kill somebody, why would you wait till they're going away from you? Sure, they're going slow, but they're still going away from you. And there's a tree slightly in the way and everything that's slightly in the way. Look, you can think whatever you want about me, about Oswald, about JFK, about who did it. There's a long list of people above JFK or around JFK that caused it, that could have caused it, that have reason to cause it from the what he was doing in Cuba to the CIA to what he was doing in foreign affairs to his affairs that he was having. There's a long list of what could have caused that to happen. It was a very sad day in America, a very sad day in the world, but you can never, ever convince me that Oswald was the lone gunman that day. I was open enough. I had an open mind enough that if this cop that was there would have told me I was there, it was Oswald 100%, I would have said, oh, fuck. All right, maybe maybe I did have that tinfoil hat on a little too tight. But this guy, this very regular, very cool, very normal, very experienced cop that was there said, nope, didn't happen. Somebody else got off the shot. And it's not the theory that it was a secret service agent in the car behind him that had a automatic rifle for the very first time and accidentally shot him. It's not the theory that it was the driver who was working for the Russians. It's not the theory that it was Johnson. It was not the theory that it was anybody other than the grassy knoll. So there you go. Um, I hope you guys like that story. I didn't get a chance to look at any of the comments. Um, yeah, um, 
Oh, Fran liked the story. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Um. Hey, it was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Like I said, I was fascinated with the story beforehand. After talking to that cop, a thousand times more fascinated. I have so much stuff about Kennedy and the assassination. Um. I will always be fascinated with it. You can never, ever convince me that Oswald was the lone gunman. So I guess if you want to, you could say that um, this is another tinfoil hat theory, but not as far as I'm concerned. I was talking to somebody who was there, a cop that was experienced that was there. So there you go. I guess that is a, as good a way as anything. Um, I will definitely, Sean, don't worry. Um, oh, Jesus. Did I really promise you a shitty birthday song? All right, hold on. Hold on, Sean. I'll give you a shitty birthday song. One second. Um, that is a, as good a way as ever um, as, as uh, ending this episode, I guess. But before I end this episode, apparently... Fuck, really? I have promised you a shitty birthday song? God, I got to stop drinking while I do this show. Um, hold on one second, Sean. I'm going to do a shitty birthday song. Shitty birthday song for Sean. That's right. Shitty birthday song for Sean. I'm wasting a theme song for Paranormal Almanac that I was gonna do next week for the next live song, but I'm gonna do it for Sean instead because it's Sean's birthday tomorrow. Yeah. That's right. Funky birthday song for Sean right now. That's right. Not doing this for anyone ever again. Just for Sean, just this once. That's right, it's just for Sean right now because it's Sean's birthday song for Sean right now. So yeah, everybody wish Sean a happy birthday because Sean is fucking cool as is everybody that ever called into Paranormal Almanac for this show. Yeah, yeah. Stitch is here, and I'm right here, and this is your shitty birthday song. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Almanac. If you want to give me money, that'd be fucking cool, because I do a lot of work to make this show as good as it is. Go to Patreon. Go to Patreon. Buy some merch, motherfuckers. I am out. Paranormal Almanac birthday song for Sean. Yeah. There you go. That is your very own, only time that's ever going to happen, birthday song for Sean. There you go. That's all you get. That's it. Thank you guys for listening so much. I appreciate every one of you guys. This is just as much fun for me as it is for you. This is just much fun therapeutically as it is for me, as it is for you. Um, the world fucking sucks right now. We're all into this together. Let's be here for each other. Don't be depressed. Don't be scared. All of us are here. We're all fucking cool. Thank you, guys. I love you all. Till the next live Paranormal Almanac show. Actually, shit, no, I got to do an actual episode this week. And I have no idea what I'm going to do. So that's going to be tough. But once again, wait, hold on. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig. And this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.
Ops Nash, the Hangar Siemens Lahuirosma.